Yeah. Triplicate. I like it. We got hey it. guys, Dialed welcome in. to episode 45 of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Comment number five of my fellow hosts. I did not create a bit for today. What? Because I was busy at the grocery store. <laughs> Big tuck. What's going on? How dare you? Uh, well, I came up with one for you. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out and hello to all of our Snow Whites and Dwarves out there. So kind of kind of uh, burying the lead on that. But uh, how was the grocery store? Did they have toilet paper? <sighs> Uh, they did have toilet paper, but get this. So my butt is quite sensitive. So I only do that quilted northern, like real mm-hmm. soft plushy yeah. shit. Okay. $26 <laughs> a thing. Don't you wait, hold on. Don't you have a bidet? That's the price that, it pays that, to be delicate. Doesn't that well, alleviate here, the need for any of this? Well, you still need a little bit. Because, okay. I mean, the bidet, bidet can get in there, but sometimes you need a, you need a little friction. It gets in there. And, and I haven't quite gone caveman enough to use my hand ah, and then good. put it over into the bathtub to wash it off. That's oh, good. Baby. I like that. At least, at least, at least you, I love it. At least you have some semblance of standards, so I can respect oh, man. that. But but no, other than that, the uh, the girlfriend's starting her juice cleanse, oh, so we'll see how boy. long that Excellent. goes. Yeah. Uh, she, she was shocked by the $90 grocery bill for three days worth of stuff Oof. to juice. Yeah, it, like, fruit's uh, not cheap. Yeah. Nope, Kale, nope, sure isn't. All that organic stuff, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Tuck, how are you doing, man? Uh, I'm pretty good. Uh, busy week at work. Uh, I got a big I got a big certification test tomorrow that I'm looking forward to being done with. Uh, yeah, I think that's kind of it, man. Just been working cool. away. I'm trying to think if anything exciting happened this week. No, uh, I will give another shout out because I've been doing this every week to uh, Rock Creek Brewing. Hey, oh my gosh, get over it, man. Get over it. We're done with it's, it. It's so it's so good. So we did get to go out there and enjoy some some patio time, but that's kind of been it. It's been kind of a, a slow week. I don't have much else to say about that. <laughs> a, little, a, little, a little Forrest Gump, if you will. Yeah, That's pretty all much. I, got to say uh, about I found uh, Squee gave me the hookup on a place to go buy some nine millimeter because that sold out everywhere. So gotcha, that baby. was nice. Uh, but yeah, no, I got a. Oh, and I had a really fun game yesterday, which will be discussed a week and a half ago. Yeah, yeah, right. So, <laughs> however, that time matrix works. So uh, that's a big. Cool. That's a big highlight I got this week. Well, awesome. Well, guys, we've been on a tear with the guests like we did in December and then took a hiatus for six months. Uh, I guess this is just our semi-annual guest month, but we got the one and only CCO Brando on the cast. Hello. What's going on, man? Hello. It's great to, to be here, guys. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely, man. Uh, How are you doing? How's uh, Canada going? Canada is going quite well. We're not quite to the hell in handbasket situation that you guys find yourselves in. <laughs> Hello. Uh, I yep. have paid $30 for toilet paper in at least a month. That's wow. good. Oh, wow. Which is nice. Yeah, I would, I'm actually still concerned you paid $30 for toilet paper ever. Dude, hey. Canadian money, man. That exchange rate will <laughs> yeah. wreck you. I'm not even kidding. Where are you? Uh, where are you at? In, in uh, as some people refer to it as, and I'm only saying this to piss you off. So don't take this personally. Uh, America's hat. America's hat. Well, I like to think of it as uh, you as Canada's toilet. But I am in the middle part. Uh, I'm in Saskatchewan. We're kind of right above Montana. Yeah, yeah. North Dakota kind of area. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then we're just below the tree line, which is where everybody stops living in Canada. Yeah. Oh, there's like there's 800 people a donkey and three moose that live in Canada. We all live below the tree line. So. <laughs> 
It's a good time. Oh, man. You want to hear a shout out to Rock Creek? I went to the local one here one time, and the waitresses fought over who was going to to wait our table because they didn't think we looked like we were going to tip. Oh, wow. Yeah. How did how'd that make you feel? Well, it made me feel like I was going to get a free meal out of the deal, and I did. <laughs> All right. All right. I did. There you go. But it was it was an experience. Wow. And we, yeah. and, and, and did you tip? advertise with us, and I can't run down people that advertise with us. <laughs> well, and so to that point that you got a free meal, did you tip a percentage of zero dollars? Oh, great question. I, I actually did. I did leave a tip. I did. Oh, I yeah. actually did tip the lady just to... Nice for you. Good for you. Just to give her one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Tipped her in Canadian pennies. Oh, yeah. Canadian pennies, they're they're worth way less than You American can say cents on a dollar. Isn't it uh, like what the loonies... <laughs> isn't it like loonies and toonies up there? Isn't that right? Yeah, we have so much change. It is, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like The first time I went to America in my adult life, I came down and I was buying cards and all this stuff, and I was paying for cash with everything because it's just what I traveled with, so I didn't overspend. I ended up with so many dollar bills when I got back to my hotel, I couldn't close my wallet all the way. <laughs> I felt like such a damn baller. Yeah. yeah. I felt like such a baller, and then I counted how much money I have, and I'm like, I'm broke. You're like, you're like yeah. I can't even buy a shock land right now. Yeah, I, I can't even put this shit into a sock and mug somebody for more money. Like, what the hell am I going to do? But you have stacks oh, on man, stacks. No. That's true. So, uh, CCO Brando, uh, do you like to just go by Brando, or do we always got to put a CCO? Is that like Great the mister of, of the podcast? You can 100% call me Brando. That's that's what I usually cool. call You're the first cool. person to call me CCO Brando in, in quite a while, actually. So, this is fun. All right. Exciting. So, CCO Brando, I have a question <laughs> for you. Uh, so, why don't you kind of inform the collective, as we call our followers, uh, a little bit about the content you, you and uh, your cast does and any other projects you may be involved in? Sure. Uh, well, I am on the Commander Cookout podcast. That's the CCO stands for. You can find us at commandercookout.com uh, if you want to check out anything we've been doing. We have a YouTube channel. We are a commander-focused podcast that recently of late, and I guess in general, we focus kind of on spicy brews and just having a good time and how much fun magic actually is where you're getting out, you're playing with your friends, you're drinking some beers, you're going to barbecue, you're going to just bullshit with your buddies, and that's kind Excellent. of what we focus on. Um, we've got a YouTube channel where we try and extend that out and be a little bit funnier. We have a custom drinking game that we came up with ourselves that we like to spread to the world. It's called openflippy.drinky. Check, check that out if you're ever okay. wanting to crack okay. packs and maybe get drunk. I don't know. I'm down um, for that. All right. <laughs> I've got, yeah. And I recently started my own little solo YouTube channel. It's very small. I've just been opening stuff and getting f- wrecked because i have the worst luck on the entire world <laughs> it's called rando does stuff so if anybody wants to check that out and just see what it's like to actually flush money down the toilet yes you. excellent <laughs> that's fantastic um well guys thanks for tuning into our episode and this was only able to happen by our audio producer squeamicky and his company rich chaos records here in kc what's going on apparently beer garden squee beer garden squee is the squee indeed i was actually having a beer in the beer garden not a couple hours ago so it's been a good what, day at Stone creek no no at, at uh casey beer Co. oh at the oh right right at your place of employment of course yeah it, yeah it, where it, he gets free beers yeah. Come it, it's on. quite nice when you get off work and you, you you do some work all day and then you go out and you sit in the beer garden and you get some free beer it's it's, then it's you go, a pretty good day then you go bang on your drums all day right uh <laughs> yes indeed yeah well step brother style i've only got a few drums and please don't put your nuts on them 
On that, I'm out. <laughs> well, if you guys want to support maybe getting some sanitizing spray once I put my nuts on squeeze drums, you should uh, support us and head over to our sponsor, level1gameshop.com. They sell magic accessories like our exclusive CMD Tower playmat and Matt and Hunter Pack sleeves. And they also do have a awesome TCG player store and awesome competitive prices. Um, and another way you can support us is head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash CMD Tower. We have four different pledge levels and rewards vary from just getting access to the very like rambunctious discord now it's yeah. kind of hard for me even to keep up with it uh it, it's kind of bananas uh plus one of the other things you get a shout out when you join it we got four new patrons Whoa. to shout out this episode <laughs> i know Might be a record we're week. up to we're up to 24 that it's crazy nice uh, so shout out to mike giosa uh thank you i appreciate it shout. you're awesome shout uh, Isaiah, I'm going to slaughter it. Not going to pronounce <laughs> it last name. Uh, appreciate it much. He's from Canada, Edmonton. Oh, no, no, no idea where that's from. Don't wimpo. Say it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Martinovsky? Martinovsky? Markinovsky? Is there Martinovsky? a T or a K? T. A T and a K. Martin Martinovsky? Marnotsky? Wait, Marzak Barzanowski, our friend from high Sa school? Sa sounds like some marinara sauce. If we didn't, uh, if we didn't make me one of those guesses, then here we are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of those is right, I guarantee it. It has to be, right? <laughs> one of them. Uh, and then we do have Harley Summers. Thank you so much. I'm so glad it's now summer. I could wear shorts. Very good. Uh, and then literally, we had one that just joined like 30 minutes ago, Ben Weber. Nice. Thank you so much, ago. guys. That's fresh. I know that is fresh. And, and considering usually people join and like, I always forget to check patron. And right. so then like my, my shout outs go weeks on end. The cobwebs are uh, starting to collect <laughs> on the complete buttons. Uh, also uh, big so, shout out to our boy, Unco AJ for dropping fire memes. Those are all uh, oh, incredible. Yes. Oh man, Brando, this guy in our Discord, like something will happen and he'll have a meme to represent whatever After happened me. within like five minutes. Holy it is shit. so quick. Yeah. And, and they're they're amazing. Yeah, it's, like there's a little there's a little feud going on between me and Nick the Hotness right now. Right. Uh, because I'm I'm of the mindset you can't oh, have God. a proxy card unless you own a legit copy of one. And he got a gold bordered Badlands, I think, or something like that. And he doesn't own a real one. And I was like, ah, that's still technically a proxy. And so literally AJ within three to four minutes created that meme where it's like the kid passes the note in class <laughs> and then he has the stink face and it's like legit card and then it's my face and it's like stinky. Yeah, it was, it's it was incredibly quick. It's amazing. It was incredibly quick turnaround. So good work. Good work there, Unko. Also, shout uh, out to all new collective. I will put the challenge out there as always. Get those names ready. Give us something good. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, of course, guys, um, if you can't help us financially, the free way is just help promote the content, whether you're viewing it on YouTube, listening it on your podcast platform, literally just troll us on Twitter. Uh, every little bit of interaction from the collective really does help. And of course, we do love to give shout outs to the music provided in the beginning and the end of the episodes from Pink Royal. And hey, stay tuned till the end so you guys can get details on how you can win a Chandra spell book yeah. in our giveaway from Love One Game Shop. So Bruise and Builds is our deck tech series, and it's all about the decks that Big Tuck, our guests, and I have in our Path to 32. Each podcast, we're going to talk about one of those Path to 32 decks, but hey, in a cool manner of brewing some beers. So we broke it down into four categories. The first one's going to be ramp and setting your board state. That's the grain build. Yes, and grains are the foundation of every beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually about a 60 to 40 ratio. This helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of the beer. Decks always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into your bigger threats, and just like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. 
So the next one's going to be, how does your board interact with all of your opponents? We correlate that to hops. Yes, and hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal and floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like IPAs. Our help choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can do what it wants. And then the next thing's going to be, how does your deck either A, win the game, or B, accomplish whatever weird shit you're trying to accomplish? We're correlating that to yeast. Yes, and yeast are living microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds the alcohol content and the carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water, and without yeast cards in your deck, it won't meet the goal of actually winning the game. And then to wrap up the brew, we have shenanigans. This could be pet cards, synergies, all through the brutes that are just kind of in the deck that are fun. We're calling that spice pack. Damn, you almost tried to, you almost tried to slip that one past me. Just huh? kind of in the deck. How dare you? Uh, so not every beer has them, but spices and other additives help separate a stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into a jalapeno stout, or the addition of cashmere and amarillo hops that turn this driving that haze, hazy IPA from distilled brewing. Uh, into a juicy IPA boy. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, this is where we generally talk about it. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think this deck has a new record of 13? Maybe? It's, it has 13, yeah. but that's gotta be a record, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, come on, it's not it's really, really It's really 13. what, like <laughs> seven? Six. Yeah, six, six yeah. or seven. Um, and then to wrap up the episode, guys, we have a bottle capping. These are going to be Big Tucks, Brandos, and I's recommendations to the deck that are under five, under 50, and a no-budget personal recommendation. The only restriction is we can't talk about those mana-only lands. So without further ado, let's get brewing. Today, Brando, we had to do it. Special guests. Usually we always have our guests talk about one of their decks, but I thought it would be fun since today we're talking about Brutaclad's Army of Dwarves, yeah. which is CCO inspired. So I'd actually listened to your podcast way, way back. Um, and when I could actually leave my house without fear of the COVID. Um, and it was such an interesting deck. So why don't you give us a little bit of backstory about how you kind of came to that deck fruition? And then I'll kind of talk about how I made it even jankier. Well, the the ten thousand mile version of the story is uh, uh, it started off as a Serac Dragon Claw Werewolf Tribal deck, <laughs> and if you can imagine how awful that was, it was worse than you're thinking. <laughs> especially, especially if it was like several years ago. So oh, yeah, like it was it was hot burning garbage. So I was like, okay, f <laughs> this. So I cut garbage. green. I turned it into uh, what the hell was it next? Arjun the Shifting Flame, which is the right colors. Yeah. And it was yeah. all it was just draw your deck all the time. And I was like, you know, this is fine. But mm -hmm. I kept killing myself with stuff like uh <laughs> like thought reflection and stuff. And I just kept sure. killing myself by accident. So that right. wasn't good. So cut that shit, put in Brutaclad, and then Eldrain comes along as I'm building this kind of janky token army strategy deck. Mm -hmm. And here comes the seven <laughs> dwarves, and I'm like, oh shit. We got it. Oh, shit. Here it is. We got beefy boys, and we're going to beat down with these little two, two janky pieces of crap, and it's going to be awesome. And I just filled it up with all of like, the, the is it cards I always wanted to play, but they were just too bad or sure, didn't fit yeah. into another deck. Because some of them make tokens. Like, Locust God's a great card, but I don't have a deck for Sure. It. Right, right, yeah. right. So in he goes, because he makes locusts, and locusts make great seven dwarves. So <laughs> I just kept filling it up. There's a Krenko's, and there's all this stuff in this deck, and Brutaclad is who I settled on, because, of course, he makes tokens. He gives tokens hate. Sure. And then he turns the tokens into better tokens. Yeah. yeah. And off to the races I went, and it is a... 
It's a hell of a deck. I like your version, though, man. There's a whole bunch yeah. of stuff in here. I'm stealing immediately. I have it written down already. It's in my bag. I'm going to go home. So there's some stuff in here that's that's just good stuff, dude. I got to tell you, I've got yeah. a, a, a half chub right now from all this token talk. God, yeah, he <laughs> is the, the, the king of tokens. Welcome, welcome to token talk. I'm but, you know, I think it's Well, I think it's interesting. If memory serves correct, I think when you guys talked about this deck for the first time, I think you won your very first game you ever played with it. Sure did. Uh, Out of freaking nowhere, too. It's like, here's a seven dwarf, and everybody laughs, because like, "Uh aha, you're playing seven dwarf. Play a good card you can play any number of, loser. And then they took 107 or however much it was, was, and it was amazing. Nice. Well, and I literally think that's what happened the first time I played this deck is I think I won game one as well. Because I even think I texted Tuck yeah. afterwards being like, dude, debut the, the deck. This guy, Holy balls. This, guy this, 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 this guy's got, got wheels. wheels. Or perhaps uh, minecarts because the doors. I like it. I like it. Ooh. Um, so what I actually wanted to do guys, so, you know, of course you guys know I'm on a path to 32, um, and, and I was down to like the hard colors. It was like Orzov, is it the three other four colors that just suck balls, <laughs> the, four, the, four, um, the four color that we've got forced into talking about last week. So yeah, like Brea. Um, and so I, and I'm, I'm always of the mindset. I'm not just going to build a color to build a color because a, that's a waste of money and B that's not fun creatively. Like to just be like, Oh, I guess since there are no other options other than Brea, I guess I'm gonna build Brea and make a degenerate deck. So when I heard of this deck, I was like, okay, that's cool, but is it still has some of those very broken cards? Cyclonic Rift, all the counter spells. Blasphemous um, Act, that sort of stuff. Blasphemous yeah. Act. And so I decided to take it a step further, and that's kind of what I've done and gained a little bit of respect from Big Tuck and our playgroup. We'll get into uh, this. Because, <laughs> yeah, uh, so I made this a seven dwarf dot permanent dot deck. Uh, this is all permanents, uh, no matter what. I made no exceptions. And so that's kind of how I jankified it. And it does play a little turn go mm-hmm. or turn play go. So I don't really have a whole lot to do in other people's turns, but the thing I love about this deck is and Brando, I think will agree with me. You can kill someone out of effing nowhere. Um, you'll have a, you'll have twenty five one ones, and it'll be like cool. And then you'll make a ten ten Eldrazi and be like, hey, yeah. I got twenty five ten tens. Suck my balls. And these decks are good because it's kind of like driving a bulldozer, right? Where you can do it with a beer in your hand and you're still going to get your work done. <laughs> worry too much about what other people are doing. Absolutely. Well, well, Big Tuck, do you have any other thoughts? Oh, on I this got plenty. Um, but first, I have a question for the group. So this okay. is one that's really gonna really gonna tickle your brainstem or maybe your oblungala. Uh, <laughs> so sure. do we? Do you think that female dwarves have beards? And everyone yes. can answer yes or no. Hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Squee. I mean, yes. Okay. Beard. Well, I don't know, but I have had to physically separate people at a Dungeons and Dragons meetup over this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead serious. It was. I love one that you had to bounce a Dungeons and Dragons situation. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like the, people have just been getting hammered. It was. Bar. It was heated. Um. So always. <laughs> so always stick your guns on that one. But no. Uh. So as soon as you started talking about this deck, I was in. Um. I love the idea of the dwarves again. Throw it a bell drain. Just a garbage shit. <laughs> 
set. We've said it time and time again. There's no, there's yeah, no. So movie, sir. To, to give Brando a little insight, me and Tuck, we usually do like a little bit of a preview, like all of us do, of the set. Throne came out, and, and this was within like the first month of us yeah. doing the podcast, uh, when it was just a podcast at that time, and we were like trash set, garbage. Yeah, Oko's good, <laughs> but the rest of the cards suck dick, and we have just eaten yeah. our words over, over and, and over, over and again. Over again. <laughs> uh, but no, like I love the idea. So I love the idea of copying the dwarves. I love the idea that you stuck with the like. I like how you you created a deck and stuck with the theme. So I got high props for that. Plus, no dual lands. Plus, no real infinite combos. I think there's I think there's one in there, but it's definitely a Rube Goldberg machine, and oh, you okay. can't tutor for it, right? So I'm totally fine with that. It'll happen organically. Um, under a thousand dollars, and that in rea- in reality, if you cut the insane foils that you have in here, this would be like well under five, or maybe under four. Well. Well, I think if you think about it, though, they have the uh, Command Fest foil soul ring listed at four hundred dollars. Oh, really? That's not going for. Yeah, that's not going oh, for four hundred dollars. Okay. So yeah, so it's uh, so budget friendly, and yeah. it's also got the biggest spice package we've ever talked about. Like this is a big tuck deck through and through. So I, I really like this deck. I really like what you've done with it. Um, I think it's I think it's really fun. Um, I think this is a great representation of like breaking the color pie. Uh, we talked about this briefly, but. Former friend of the show, I don't know, Mikael, you know who you are. He had like a very tuned Brutaclad deck that was kind of like, I think that he built it the way that Brutaclad quote unquote is supposed to be. So I like that. You, yeah. I like that. And sometimes you see in a play group, which doesn't really happen that much anymore, where someone's like, I really like that deck. So I'm going to cut from it whole cloth and just like try to do it maybe like slightly better or whatever. So I like the idea that you like kind of took this idea that we'd seen before and like totally made it your own, right? Like added in the, added in the limitations. I'm a huge, huge fan of this deck. I was also surprised the CMC for all permanents is still like three four, which is pretty good. I thought that was a, I thought that was a little high you to be so? honest. Okay, yeah. I think I think you have some. So there's some beefy cards. There's some beefy cards. Beefy CMC, and, and I think yeah. a lot of times like things that help reduce the CMC in blue decks specifically are things like the ponders, brainstorms of the world, right? Like those cheap cantrip effects. You run a bunch of those and your C- your CMC goes down by like 0.2. Yeah. So um, I think that you have enough ramp to get there. And once you get the ball going, like I think I think like once you hit that like five, six mana sweet spot, you're like off to the races, even if your commander gets killed. So I'm I'm yeah. this is one of the decks that I've really been looking forward to talking about and uh, I'm really excited I'm here. Cool. Um, and then I guess the last thing to point out is, you know, from a mana distribution standpoint, I am a little, I need a little bit yeah. more red, but you know, the interesting thing is some of my cuts is actually going to reduce my red pip. So I think oh, I'll be okay. right back to right where it needs to be. But I think with a, a permanent dot deck to where you don't have a lot of mana tutors and things like that, I think you can actually, so Brandon, one of the things that we've kind of had a thought of is if you're in a deck, let's just say Silencia, and it's like, I got way more green mana than I do green pips, and I could use more white, like uh, Squee McGee's Reese deck, mm-hmm. the thought process is like, well, I actually need that extra green so I can ramp, it's because that's kind of the ramp mm-hmm. color. And so I can't even really swing the color pie, because then what if I get stuck with the other color that can't really ramp? I think when you do a deck restriction like all permanents, I don't think you actually have to worry about that because you're not worried about I need all of this particular color. Like normally you'd think I need a lot of blue because that's my counter magic. That's my card draw. Um, That's a lot of the brainstorm type effects. Uh, But, you know, I think with this deck, 
if I do the, the changes uh, that we all recommend and it's still not even, I think I might actually cut a bunch of islands like, and go more like on the mountainside. Are, are 100%, like you can run a, I'm going to say it, an unoptimized mana base in a deck like this because you're not worrying about keeping up, like you say, blue or red for interaction. Yeah. You're just focusing on what you're doing <clears throat> and you only need... Let's just say two mm -hmm. or three mm -hmm. red pips a turn. You're not playing uh, like Dominus of Fealty and shit. Like you don't, right. yeah. You don't need that crap. Like just <laughs> run what, yeah, yeah. And and you do have a, a yeah. third of the deck is artifacts, right? You have thirty artifacts in here, so it's also <laughs> yeah. like your artifacts yeah, will make up for that in a lot of different ways. You, you know, with the ramp and all that. Worry about yeah, perfect mana in a deck like this, especially when it's only two colors, right? Like you're going to hit your colors when you need them, and especially when you yeah. turn five, four, five, six, you'll probably have one. Or you kept a bad opening hand, and yeah. you deserve to be color host. <laughs> <laughs> or it's just to play into it, to keep a bad opening hand, and be like, hey guys, I'm just playing Seven Dwarf right. Tribal. Seven Dwarf turn two, and then you don't play anything the rest of the game. They're like, oh, he's not an issue, and then you kill yeah, him. Then you, then, you um, then you go for the throat. All right, guys, now we're going to go into the rampant green bill, and I'm going to kick this off with being my deck, and you know I had to do it. Um, there's no way I'm going to go an episode of my decks and not talk about a Planeswalker. Oh! Oh! Are, are, are we maybe are we I, I mean, it's a 50-50 it's a 50 50 shot right <laughs> <laughs> so. all right are, are, are we gonna countdown or are we gonna do this like thunderdome style or should i just go into can it you, you give, tell can me, you give me thunderdome baby can you give me one more vague clue he's holding something uh, that gives it away, man. That was the biggest hint of Not really, actually that's a great clue. <laughs> i think i'm just gonna have to count it down I don't, yep. just, count it down right. let's see what let's, we get let's go three Two, one. Ugin Tezzeret oh, Artifice Master. <laughs> Total fail. I love it. They're both war, holding. War, did, you, did you actually do that? Oh, they're both holding something? No. I, I literally just have my card highlighted, and I'm like, ah, I'm just going to go off of this. <laughs> it's like, that, that doesn't help at all. <laughs> all right, guys. I'm talking about Tezzeret Artifice Master. So this is three colorless blue-blue. Uh, it's a Planeswalker Tezzeret. Uh, comes in with five loyalty. It is a... Mythic. Mythic. Um, and it has three abilities. Here's the cool thing. He, he does everything this deck honestly wants to do. Yeah. Plus one, create a 1-1 one, one colorless Thopter artifact creature token with flying. Well, what does Brutaclad want? He wants more tokens to turn into better stuff. Here's the other thing. It's a zero right. for its next ability, which is kind of putting it Jace the Mind Sculptory mm -hmm. a little bit, uh, just for, what, a 20th of the price? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Draw a card. Draw a card. If you control three or more artifacts, draw two cards instead. Fantastic, since I'm not playing any instants or sorceries that Blue likes to do to draw yep. cards, it's great. Um, and then the minus nine, it's it's cool. Um, probably never gonna happen. <laughs> I, at least I've never seen it happen. You get an emblem with, at the beginning of your instep, search your library for a permanent card, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. Yes, that could be in theory game-breaking because I could get something to turn into a token yeah. and just kind of win out, but really this card's in here to draw cards, right. and then if I need to be creating Thop Thops, create some Thop Thops. Right, and I, I, I completely agree with that. Like, I think this is a card that in most decks, the plus one and zero is gonna be so critical 
in any way you cut it, right? This is only going to go into like specifically artifact decks in blue. If you're not doing that, it doesn't really serve a lot of purpose. Um, I do like the fact that because of your restriction, the minus nine is literally tutor for any card, right? Which is oh, which is yeah. kind of cool. <laughs> but um, I agree. I think I don't think people will let that happen. <laughs> No, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I think it's a great card, especially for five, especially for the mana cost, right? Like two great abilities, a game, a potentially game winning ability on the ultimate. So I'm, I'm all on board with this guy. I dig it too. I think that you guys might be underestimating just how easily you could possibly really? get to the the minus nine on this guy. Because I mean, oh, yeah. you're making one ones that fly, which are good blockers in and of themselves, but they mm -hmm. could hypothetically sure. be. Eight eights, nine nine, seven sevens. People aren't going to want to attack into that after a certain point. And if you're in some kind of a right. situation where you can't get over and just win the game, and you just keep making more nine nine dudes, you could eventually get to that yeah. point where you can just. I mean, you're obviously in a position where you could probably just take somebody to Pound Town anyway. But it might be <laughs> right. right. that one asshole guy that's got a moat or a. Or, gla or glacial yeah, chasm, gotta, like a couple weeks and ago. You gotta get him out of the way, right? So something right. like this could get you there over like a long game that's kind of stalled out because game's got to end and Tezra could get you there completely yeah agree. you know I'm, I'm all for that and that kind of feeds into Brando something that we talk about a lot on our channel is modality of cards to where you know if you just have a card soul rings a good example all it does is ramp or do your grain but this is something that you make a great point two of its three are grain effects that kind of help establish your board but then the third one's a yeast like that could just straight out win the game um you know go get go get one of the yeasty cards or maybe even a spicy card mm -hmm. there's seven of them um <laughs> to uh you know just really bring it bring it to the pound town so yeah it's a good point I um, on that on that sense. Sorry, last thing on the modality. I think this deck is actually like a very opponent modality card deck, like we've talked about before, right? A lot of the things that you do are copying opponent stuff potentially too, right? And you yeah. can kind of it kind of forces them. This deck will force opponents to deal with you or like think about the things that they're playing and that sort of stuff too, right? So I think it's really interesting in that in that regard as well. Yeah, that's fair. Well, Brando, uh, why don't you take the next one? What's your first ramp or grain card? My first one is actually a, a questioning as to why you play it. <gasps> oh, Honestly, wow. Oh, off the gates. <laughs> yeah. Fire and Sky Diamond. Oh, oh yeah. We, ju we just talked about it like a minute ago how you don't need colored mana necessarily <laughs> right away. You don't need sure. this fixing. So why are you playing sh slow? Super shitty fixing. <laughs> so, so here's the thing: is I have the other two uh, converted mana cost mana rocks in here that can produce the colors, and so I actually we've talked about this on our past episodes. A turn two sky diamond doesn't feel that bad in a two color deck. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's gonna come in tapped and that kind of sucks sometimes, but I think these are, that cycle of mana rocks are severely underplayed. Now, is it Emerald Diamond or Sky Emerald, whatever the f it is. That's a green one. Um, whatever it is for green, that, that should never be played because <laughs> green just has it all. Yeah. Uh, but the white one, white one should always be played. The black one should probably be played. The red one should probably be played. The blue one, you could argue, is probably there's other things that blue can do to help ramp. But with me being in a permanent deck, it, I kind of felt pigeonholed to like, I kind of need these in here. 
Because I, I mean, hey, I got other bad ones like Mana Geode. I don't I'm have good Mana, Mana Geode is here. awesome. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Mana Geode. So me, that's kind of the thought. Let me hit you with Ruby and Sapphire Medallion. Ooh, like you know, I think that they're <laughs> oh, but, more but, expensive, obviously, but, 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 but underplayed to the max. In the in the defense of this. We did say that there's 30 artifacts in the decks, right? So Sky Diamond mm -hmm. and Fire Diamond can both pay for artifacts. Ruby Medallion and Fire Medallion do not. That's true. You you got me Ooh. on that one. Ooh. If you can play so one, I'm, seven I'm like dwarves, I'm, I don't know. I'm gonna play two seven dwarves. Right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I've like if it's because I've been like studying or what, but like I'm like in the zone right now. So <laughs> I'm not usually I'm not usually this eloquent. Wait, wait, are you in the zone? Auto zone. Oh. Get out of here. There you go. Uh, but no, that, that's a good point. You know, it might be something to actually go through. Like if I'm looking at it, um, ooh. so I got a total of. Forty-eight, yeah, forty-eight pips in the entire deck. So it would be interesting that are colored. So it'd be interesting to figure out. Okay, I got forty-eight total pips versus what's the total mm -hmm. CMC of the entire deck uh, put together, and figure out if the mana reducers would probably do more than just yeah. getting the one mana. So yeah, that's a good point. All right, Tuck, what do you got for us? Uh, I, You're so excited. I, well, I'm I'm excited about both. You just can't hide I'm it. Excited about both these, but <laughs> since the other one's kind of been spoiled, we are talking about our boy Eugene. Uh, the ineffable, so or budget Eugene, if you will. Um, oh, there I, I recently I recently bought like six of these, thinking the price would spike. It hasn't, so here we are. Uh, <laughs> and now he is a stock trader in Magic. But again, um, this card does exactly what this deck wants, right? So for six colorless, it's actually just a rare legendary planeswalker. Uh, Ugin comes in with four loyalties. Ugin. Ugin. Um, so three relevant abilities in this deck, right? Number one, colorless spells you cast cost two less to cast. Amazing, right? We talked already that a third of the stack almost is artifacts. So getting that yep. reduction off of them is good, right? The second ability does double duty in the stack, which I think is really cool. So um, plus one, exile the top card of your library, face down and look at it. Create a 2-2 colorless spirit creature token. When this token leaves the battlefield, you uh, put the exiled card into your hand, right? So like we talked about, creates a token, draws you a card, right? On the same thing. Yep. And like... You know, there's some situations there, but you can always jump block with it. And if you have a bunch of Thopters switching them over, that's a bad example. If you have a bunch of 1-1 somethings and you switch them over to 2-2s two just because of this token, that's great, right? Sure. Um, and then finally, minus three, deter destroy target permanent that's one or more colors. Again, we're playing all permanent, so we don't have a ton of targeted removal. And this is like probably the premier one. Um, there's really... <laughs> it's very rare that you're ever going to sit down and you're playing three <laughs> like Eldrazi decks or whatever. So <laughs> I think this card is like, I think this is, I think this card's really good in most artifact decks, if not all of them, um, if they really lean into it. But in this deck, the fact that every single piece of it feeds into the strategy that you're going with just seems like a complete slam dunk. Um, I will say that as soon as you play this card, people <laughs> duff will target you for no reason just because they've seen it work in standard. Correct. Um, but that's a very good risk to run for the, the power of this card for sure. I've honestly I've never played Ugin in a deck before. What? And that's 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 real life. I've never played it. Oh, you service it out. Own one. I never bought one. I just I like it. I know it. I just you I'm, gotta, you gotta show it, it man. If wow. you like it, you know it. You gotta show it. <laughs> yeah. It's a so new slogan the, the interesting. For big tech. <laughs> 
The interesting thing, though, with Ugin in this deck and with the way that Brutoclad's text reads is you have to make sure that if you've plussed him a few times and now you're ready to Brutoclad into something cooler, you're going to lose the cards oh, underneath. Oh, yeah. So you have to make sure that you don't want those <laughs> cards because the way that Brutoclad's text reads is each other token you control becomes a copy of that token. It's not you yeah, may right, choose what tokens become mm -hmm. a copy of. So got to be careful on that because it can be tricksy. That's true. But uh, for the most part, when I have the Ugin out there, I usually have some other nonsense. So I'm not worried about keeping those two twos behind his blockers. So now I just start swinging in yeah. with them. Like, give me the card. If you don't want the card, take yep. the two damage. Um, that works for me. And so, it's close. It's kind of. Uh, I think this is close to like you talked about in the past how you like planeswalkers that you can like plus minus plus minus and kind of get that cadence. Yep. And you can probably get relatively close with him. Um, and and really save that minus for something that's a big juicy target. So I'm all on board. Oh, I'm yeah, all on board with sure. baby Eugene. Cool. Well, my, my last grain is a card that uh, came out in last year's commander set. Wait. Is hella expensive. And it came out, I believe, in the deck that everyone hates. Wait, hold on. Question. By how do you define expensive? 30 bucks. Oh, okay. Like in, in the, in the, in the uh, Christian meaning of the word, I see. <laughs> Continue, please. Uh, we, we've never talked about this card on the cast, but it does work in CEDH. It does work in oh, EDH. Gosh. We're talking about Dockside Extortionist. Oh, hell yeah. This, this card is so good. Yeah, it's, um, it, it's a colorless red, Goblin Pyre, because goblins needed more help. Um, <laughs> it's a one-two. And like I said, guys, I was not incorrect. It is $30.90 TCG player average. Um, get this. It's MTGO cost on uh, Card Hoarder is the exact same price to buy a paper card. What? Really? It's wow. played that yes. much online that it costs. It, it's the same. Do you want something in real life or do you want this imaginary <laughs> yeah. Something fiction? that's literally <laughs> zeros and ones. Um, and so what Dockside Extortionist says is when it ETBs create X treasure tokens where X is the number of artifacts and enchantments your opponents control. I don't know about your meta, Brando, but I know with our meta, artifacts and enchantments are starting to just yeah, kind of run rampant. They are rampant. And I, yeah. I have played him on, because there's the argument that we've had to where normally it's like, you want to try to play stuff as quick as possible. And Dockside's like the, do you wait till turn seven or eight so you get a bunch more treasures? Or do you try to be more efficient and play maybe turn three or four and get half? I've played him on turn three or four and gotten like 10 treasures mm -hmm. before in, in, a, in a four pod. Um, and, and, uh, so much better. I think, I think especially with this deck, because I think we talked about him on Greven, where he serves like a much different purpose in here, right? I think yeah. I think even in this deck, this, <laughs> shockingly enough, this could easily turn into like a yeast in this deck too, right? Because if you draw it, turn seven or eight, and Brutoclad's out, you're like, okay, I'll play him, make 15 tokens of treasure, use half of them to do whatever, and then, uh, <laughs> Mr. Combo, you have the floor. <laughs> uh, I literally did that and turned... Uh, <laughs> I, I turned uh, 15 treasures into 15. It's a card in the East package. Uh, let's just say it's in double digit power and tokens. Oh my gosh, nice. <laughs> yeah, so like I think that's really cool too, right? Like if you need the mana, you can run it out earlier. Um, if you want to win, it's just like, it's a great card, but again, it's like a great card that's even greater in this deck. 
Yeah. I, I like cards that are goblins. <laughs> I like cards that make my decks go fast. And I love cards that make children cry. And this one does <laughs> all of that. Check, check, and check. Oh, yeah. It does everything it. you want a magic card to do. And I know it's expensive. And I super hope it gets a reprint later in the year yep. so that people can actually play yeah, it. No I think that that would. If people could get them, I think that people would hate them less. And yeah. Playing with this in a post Theros world where everybody was building the Enchantress. That's deck, your point. How good does that feel, right? It's like, <laughs> look at my super enchanted Voltron. It's like, oh, thanks. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Here's my feel. 20 treasures. I don't know how it feels because I don't have a copy of it. So. <laughs> well, did, did you not buy man? that commander? No, I only bought, I think I only bought one from there because I was, it was. Oh, that's right. That's, that's the year that you made the mistake and didn't buy yeah, all of them. It was, a fool, it was a fool's errand for sure, but here we are. <laughs> here we are. You get it back. Well, uh, get it back. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I think that's actually a card that's either primed to be printed in the Commander Legends mm-hmm. Or honestly, it could maybe if they wanted to put it into modern and legacy invent or legacy and vintage is already there. But if they wanted to get it into modern, because I don't think it'd be that broken in modern, uh, they could always do it in the uh, double masters. I heard there's a that new set coming out called Triples Masters in about a month. <laughs> is double masters gonna be? Is double masters gonna be modern legal? Uh, I don't I, know. I think so. No, I no. thought. No, I guess because the, the reason why I, I think know. the only one they did that with that was Modern Horizons, specifically saying that these cards are going to be legal in Modern. I don't know though; that would be crazy. Mm. That would be nuts. But so, but but anyways, yeah. they can they can mana so, into Modern. You don't want to do yeah, that. Yeah, that's good. Mana Vault into Modern. Yeah. That's fair. So so if Double Masters is just for Legacy and Vintage, this is already legal in those sets. So very easily you could see a reprint. Of Absolutely, that. God God willing, man. Uh, yeah, and we get well, the price uh, line right away, which yeah. is nice. Oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. I mean, granted, we say price in line. I'll probably go from thirty to fifteen. <laughs> Still, yeah, well, hey, that's no. Nowadays, it'll go from thirty to fifty-five. I believe. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brando, what? Finance. Yeah, what's your last rampant grain card? It's a card that I have been waiting for somebody to play that I Ooh. haven't had. I don't. I don't have the guts to do it, but I just. I don't know, man. I don't oh, know. I, I think I know what you're talking about. I think I know what you're talking about. I think we might be getting a little, uh, I think we might be meeting is up it, on this one. It might be a triple count. It sure is. Woo! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got there. Like, it's just, it's so scary to play that card, you know? Cause I'm like, so, I'm going to, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get some value. I'm going to get some ramp. I'm going to get some cards. This is super sweet. And then I'm going to get my face kicked in. And then somebody else is going to get all that sweet value. I, I'm so, I'm, I'm so proud of you, Mr. Combo, for keeping this in. It's, it's a real, it's, it's a real testament to, to your belief in this deck. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. When I was uh, going through the deck today, I actually saw that. And then I saw, I doubt you guys are doing this for a bottle capping, but like Blink Monthern. I was oh, actually yeah. like, that might be better than this because it's going to make me way, way more, more fun, mana. Though. Way but... more fun. Uh, so why don't I so oh, read the, um, the converted mana cost and the first two abilities E-T-B. because I don't have my glasses as usual. Um, so <laughs> Covenant Jewel is a six drop artifact. It's a rare sitting at 79 cents. So when it enters the battlefield, draw three cards, tap and add three mana of any one color. But there's more. Oh, Coveted Jewel also has whenever one or one or more creatures an opponent controls attack you and aren't blocked, they get control of it. And then they draw three cards and they get three mana. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I love it. So, so the interesting thing, uh, Brando, with our play group is we got a bunch of a, a bunch of. A, 
bunch of pillow forties. Yeah. Uh, there's no one wants to swing in anymore. So honestly, Sitting I feel like having this card now. in our play group, uh, just no one's ever going to swing. No one's ever going to want it because heck we even do, um, like the curse of opulence mm-hmm. on people and they still yeah. are like, oh, I don't know Ooh, if I yeah. want to swing. And it's like, God, what's wrong with you? It's free oh mana. My gosh. Just swing oh, something. Man, well, and I think we always talk about doing that chip in damage. Like there's been games. Have you ever had the end of the game where it's, you've been playing for two and a half hours and you're so sick and you're so tired and you want to swing in and you want to <laughs> win the game, but you can only get them to f- two. And the reason you yes. can only get them to two is you can only get them for the whole goddamn game. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> there is a bunch of panty. There is a bunch of panty waste in our group, which I will admit. Um, but like, so I think the reason why I like this deck so much in here is because you generally will have like an army of stuff, right? An army of blockers, whether they're you know thopters or dwarves or whatever. So even if they do come in, you're like, okay, perfect, target acquired, right? Like, you want to come in? I'll yeah. let, I'll let you. You want to come in with four zombies? Sure. But I'm coming in with a house. <laughs> Next turn. I'm bringing, uh, so well, yeah, and, and and the big reason it's in the deck is because it draws yes. three cards. I don't have a whole lot of ways to do that, and it is three mana. It's not the best rate, like a gilded lotus is, you know, one mana better. Mm-hmm. But you know, I I think we'd all agree. Okay, gilded lotus is a decent card, but pay one more mana to draw yes. three. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Totally. To- I, totally. On board. I'll sign up for that. Totally on board with and it. it's fun too. Like you're not playing a card that's super janky or. Mm-hmm. Dirtbag or degenerate, like it makes the game fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if somebody's yeah, right. over there with the two mana and they can't even play magic, but they have a one one, you'd let them in so that they can get into the game. Maybe I I might think about but it. I was like, I was like ah! I'd offer it and then maybe stomp them into the ground. But I mean, you know, <laughs> serves you right for having hope. <laughs> So question for the group, what if they did a cycle of these cards where it had different ETB effects and then the effect would shift around? I just thought of one when uh, Monarch Jewel enters the battlefield, you become the Monarch. And if someone swings in and it's not blocked, they become the Monarch and get the Jewel and they can have different effects like that. Okay, so check this. I I love the idea, but what if it's that whenever... So whenever the creature controls deals damage, whenever a player becomes the Monarch... So when it enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. Whenever yeah. someone becomes a monarch, they gain control of it. Oh, yes. that like is that. genius, Mister Combo. Cool. I'm on board. I'm 100 yeah. on board. All right, wizards. I know you're not listening. Take notes. <laughs> they definitely are. They are 100 percent listening oh. to every word that we say, and they're just they're making notes. They're stealing everything. It's all in the algorithm. Whenever, oh. whenever, whenever you have tapped out open, they just immediately yeah. hack into your, your, your microphone. Send it out to the approved creators that they can yeah. send it out to the... <laughs> well, guys, that's going to wrap up the... <laughs> that's going to wrap up the rampant green bill. Now we're going to head over to that board state and hop profile. And Brando, why don't you start us off? What's your very first hop card you want to kind of point the, out? This card made me rock hard when I saw it because I I own. Ooh, I, I like it, and I have I've never played it, and I do not know why. Because seeing it in this deck, it just blew my whole mind hole, and it is Soul Foundry. And Soul Foundry is yes. yes, that's mine too. That's my first pick. Oh, yeah! we're, we're, we're dialed in, dude. You we're guys are just a sink. We're we're dialed we're in on the level, but it is an artifact. You got you got. I got all the facial hair and back hair. You got all the normal hair on the top of your head. We're the we're the perfect amount. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, it's an artifact for four with imprint. When it comes into play, you exile a creature card from your hand. I assume it's going to be a seven dwarf or something of that nature. Then you God willing, X and tap it. You get a token that is the creature, and X is the creature's mana cost. 
That card yeah. is so can, awesome. Can you imagine hitting Dockside Extortionist with this card? Oh, oh! I th- can you imagine? I didn't think I could get any harder than I was when I was reading that card, <laughs> and I just did. I'm gonna need. Oh. We're talking well, diamond. Yeah, it's been more than three hours after what? go to the ER. That's where I'm at right now. <laughs> <laughs> So that's actually why it's in the hop section is because it, it, it probably is a better fit for a yeast because, you know, if I do it with a seven dwarf, then it's only two mana. Then I got a token. Then Brutoclad can make all the tokens a seven dwarf. But really, it's in the hops because it's like I it, it can kind of be modular for whatever the situation is. Like Tuck pointed out, if I'm kind of hurting for mana, maybe I kept a three lander. We've all kept a three lander and then you never draw another <laughs> effing land the rest <laughs> of the game. Uh, and so, you know, if a mana rock can get me to at least four, maybe I do exile Dockside Extortionist and then just start creating those right. every turn, um, and, you know, creating all the treasures. So, you know, that's always good. Um, it, there's just a lot of, you know, Dragon Master Outcast, personally to me, that's a very underrated card in EDH. Uh, you're going to have six or more lands at some point in the game. How, how does it feel to have seven of those right. dudes out? And then you're on that extra land drop, and it's like, <laughs> I got a shit ton of dragons. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I love that card. It does so right, much. Totally. Yeah, that's it. That's uh, all well, I got tuck, that. Well, that was yours. Uh, mine is actually a card, once again, because I don't have a lot of instant or removals that aren't permanents. This is a way to at least get rid of enchantments. Oh! It's something Brando... Oh, really? Hell yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Three, two, one. Enchanter's Band. Enchanter's Band. Yeah. yeah. Get it. Card rules. Um... Yeah, dude, it's amazing. Uh, so, Tuck, I know you don't have your glasses on. Okay. So, <clears throat> I'll read the main text and then you read the quote. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a colorless red enchantment. At the beginning of your end step, target enchantment deals damage equal to its converted mana cost to its controller unless that player sacrifices it. And those who fail to respect power will soon be consumed by it. Ooh, deep. And, Tuck, you need to take two drinks. One, you don't have your glasses on. Two, you're wearing a shirt that says Optiver. Oh, there you are. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, and, and so, Brando, this is something we talk about a lot on our channel, that enchantments are some of the hardest permanents to get rid of. Like, I almost feel like there's more Planeswalker removal now than there is enchantment removal. Um, you know, and so having something like this makes it very easy to start not necessarily picking off enchantments, but I played it at our LGS um, during one of our takeovers, and one guy took like 15 oh, damage damn. over nice. five turns. And then and then at that point, he was so low, and he's like, but I'm so close to having this enchantment do something. Then it was just like, I guess I'll take another three. And it's like, yeah, you will. Um, and so, and, and that's the thing that I've noticed, because it's not a massive amount of damage. Hey, sack your enchantment unless you take 10 mm-hmm. or 15. Um, you know, it's usually two to five, somewhere in there, and people in EDH, because we got 40 life, they'll be like, sure, I'll take it, don't even worry about it. And then it's like, are you gonna do it again? Yeah. Uh, I, I guess so. Do it again. You, you, you wanna do it again? And if I could pay two mana and have it deal 10 damage, yeah. Yeah, I'm all for that. that. For sure, or you get rid of a problem permanent. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, again, like you're playing red yeah. and blue, those colors do, as you say, have a hard time getting rid of, of enchantments. Because, I mean, green and white, you're you're mm-hmm. laughing. You laugh at enchantments. You mock them. <laughs> sure. Here, like, yeah, you need something like Enchanters. But I play this in a couple of decks, too. And again, it punishes those enchantment players like to hide behind right. their ghostly prisons and their stuff. It's like, yeah, you can hang out, yeah. but you're going to take damage anyway. And eventually, you're either going to die yep. or you're going to sack it. And then you're going to die. 
and I right. I love it. I like Enchanters being. Loved. And I think, and I, I agree with like, and this deck also lives and dies in the red zone, right? So like chipping away the three five mana every turn, um, and the fact that you can choose who it is, right? So you might like it might get to the point where you got someone down to ten, and then you're like, okay, you still you you sure you want that, you know, true conviction or whatever to get you to five? Uh, that's up to you. You know what I mean? So I'm on board with it for sure. Well, and then the one thing that you always have to kind of be careful of is if there are no enchantments out, you'll take two. You do two. have to take two. So, so but I mean, come on. So two, two's not well, the end of the yeah. world. So, all right. Well, Brando, why don't you kind of take us home with your okay, last? Okay, my hop. last hop is a card that again, I just I love this card, and I love that it's in this deck, and I like it anytime I see it anywhere, and it's Vizier of Many Faces. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, hard. I think that people overlook it all the time because we have the mm-hmm. stunt doubles and mm-hmm. the Dax duplicates and all these other really great clones. Sure. And they overlook Vizier of Many Faces, which is a 0-0 zero, zero for Blue Blue 2. Comes into play as a copy of any creature on the battlefield. Ignores Shroud and Hexproof. I feel lots of people get into fights at that Ooh. at casual tables. That's important. And it also, have, <laughs> it also has Embalm, Blue Blue 3, and I get them confused all the time. Embalm is the, where it's a 4-4? Four, four? No, no, no. That's the other no, one. It's the other one. So this is the one where it comes back and it just, yeah. you can get a token. Yeah, you get, to cast, you get to cast it for 5 instead of 4 from the graveyard. Yeah, and you get a, another clone yep. or something. That's a token. So you can get, and it can right. be your yep. opponent's shit. So you could get your opponent's giant thing or world breaker or whatever their huge dude is mm-hmm. and then turn your army or you copy one or of your seven doors so it's it's it gets you coming it gets you going it gets you from the front and the back don't google that <laughs> it's a fabulous card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, i'm a huge fan of it um you know there was a game that i was able to do some work with the embalm mechanic but what had happened is i kind of got land screwed so at one point i had to discard down to hand size and it's like oh zero many faces so, oh. get out of here don't need ya, um, See, uh, because you know laser. what, really, it, it coming in as a actual non-token creature, it's a good effect, but it's not why it's in the deck. Right. Like, if I could, if it even said, hey, pay two mana and pitch it to the graveyard, like a cycling mm-hmm. effect, oh it would be, oh man, cycle it every time, I'd probably never cast it. Um, but you know, th- th- it's, it's kind of one of those weird games where sometimes I have this card, it's like, Brando, if you have that opening hand with the reanimate and like a badass <laughs> creature, and it's like, do I just not play a land <laughs> first <laughs> turn just, just to discard the, the big guy? <laughs> just reanimate. Uh, and that's right now. Is that what I do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great card. And I actually had to buy the freaking token for yeah. it because I kept forgetting. Like I would just like pull it out and then I'd forget that it's a token. And it's like, no, I can make copies of it. So, <laughs> um, well, Tuck, I guess you have nothing else to talk I'm about. Done. That was it. So. Uh, I guess my last one is a card that I've always wanted to work in decks. Um, it's a little slow, but I think in this deck it's fine. Uh, Tanya's Journal. Mm-hmm. So this is a five colorless legendary artifact, and it says at the beginning of your upkeep, investigate. So basically I put out a colorless clue artifact token that says pay to uh, sacrifice it and draw a card. And then it also has another effect where I could tap the Tamio's journal, sack three clues, search my library for a card and put that card into hand and shuffle your library. In other decks, unless you're doing like clue.deck, it's way too slow. Um, it just can't produce them enough. Or I guess if you're doing like a weird token build, like, and you got your doubling seasons right, right. and all that kind of stuff, parallel lives. Yeah, then I'm, I'm you know, whatever. Uh, but in this deck, I think it's fine because I'm making tokens to maybe turn into other stuff. Right. 
if I'm desperate, beginning of combat, I can turn them all into clues and then tap right. to sacrifice the clues to go tutor for whatever I need. Um, so it gives me a little bit of modality. It's a card that if there was something else that's a permanent that could do something similar to this, I would definitely consider swapping it. Um, but, you know, I think it's fun and it, it definitely takes the power level down. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we talked about in his Brea episode, Brando, of certain choices, like he put an oblation instead of Chaos Warp. Wasn't on purpose, but we went with it. Uh, oblation is just a significantly worse yeah. Chaos Warp. Um, so, you know, sometimes you make choices just to power down a deck, or like having Dispatch instead of Path to Exile. Mm -hmm. um, and I think Tamio's Journal is one of those where it's like, there's probably something better out there, but it does what the deck wants. Yeah, it's just I a little slow. I think this is one of those cards that could actually kind of, in a really niche situation, surprise you and kind of like because mm -hmm. again you're playing all creatures all permanents you get wrath you're going to have a hard time rebuilding yep. this is a card that could hypothetically help you rebuild after a, a wrath because you make one clue and two other tokens That's fair. make tokens you could find the thing you need to help you get going again and, and that's not you know, it's, oh, that's fair. It's not going to happen often, but the one time it does happen, you're going to feel super smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, this is, and that doesn't happen often for me. <laughs> uh, I like so when Tamio's journal got spoiled, I was so excited. I bought like six copies of it. Me I'm too. Like, this guy going every deck and just slowly but surely, deck by deck, it's slowly gotten picked out. But I do think it's got wheels in here. Again, the tokens, the token can be a mirror or a dragon or just a draw card when you need it. So I kind of sure. like that modality of it too. So I, it's it's hard, but I, I like that it's in it. Cool. Well, guys, that's going to wrap up the hot profile. And then we're going to head over to how this deck wins games in Yeast. Tuck, start us off. What's the first card you want to talk about? Uh, I want to talk about a card that I really like, and this is a card that I probably have left in decks longer than it should, but in this deck it really shines. It, mostly because it's got wings and they're gold. So we are talking about Thopter Assembly. Hey, yeah! hey me too! I'm just, I'm, there we go. I'm on fire today, boys. I'm just going to be sitting... Can, can you have an original thought? No, I can't. Come on. I cannot. <laughs> at all. Um, so, uh, Thopter Assembly is a six-drop artifact creature. Thopter, it's a 5-5 five -five with flying, and it has a pretty crazy ability. So, Mr. Combo, you want to help me out here? Yeah, so it says at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control no Thopters other than the assembly, return it to your hand and put five one one Thopter artifact creature tokens oh. with flying onto the battlefield. So basically it says you you get him at the upkeep, you get the five, Brutoclad happens, you're going to turn them all into right. something else, and then he's going to bounce back and you're going to get another five, comes, yeah, and then it just keeps happening. happening. So I like, I like this card a lot, especially if there's... If there's in this deck, it works because you can turn them into literally anything else, like treasure tokens if you have to, right? Um, sure. But I like this in other decks that have like a lot of sacrifice outlets for artifacts, right? So it's just kind of like a recurring engine. Um, and then it like this would be like the weirdest way you could possibly do it. It is on its own a five five flyer. So if you can get it, if you can get, <laughs> if you can, if you can somehow manage through some ridiculous like gameplay be able to create a copy of it and then brutoclad it out it kind of like backs up as like another dragon sort of right and granted that sure. is like way out in the stretch is, that is a stretch goal for sure <laughs> uh, but just a really cool card um and like i said i think it's a really i think it's a really great card but the fact that it does double and triple duty in this deck really makes it shine here now because this is edh i can ask this question does 
if you had a bunch of these, you the only Thopter you control is Thopter Assembly, so would you then return all of the token copies to your hand and make a bunch more Thopters? At your upkeep, yeah. Is that how that would work? Yeah. Wait, no, no, so no. Like you would make... No, is that not how no, that would No, no, work? no. Or is that how that would work? It doesn't well, it say says this other... Thopter Assembly. Yeah, so I think you would have to probably go to the rules lawyers, because I believe the way that it would check is each Thopter assembly would say other than Thopter assembly, like recognizing maybe itself from a Scryfall perspective. Ooh, Tucker, are you, are, you, are, you, are you looking at that? I'm on it. He's in the <laughs> tank. It's a weird, weird wording, but like, I don't know, off the top of my head, this could either be a nothing burger or be... Super hilarious. <laughs> the triggered ability looks for any permanent you control with the creature type Thopter. Oh, not weak. just well, and this one says not just the Thopter tokens previously created by a Thopter assembly, but I think with the the triggered ability looking for any permanent you control with the creature type Thopter would check that and not oh, do it. Weak. Thopter assembly I know. sucks now. No, 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 no. Actually, that makes it better because if you have a million copies of it, if you have a million five five copies of it, you don't want it to bounce it back to your hand, right? Because like I'd rather have. 10 copies of Thopter Assembly than 21-1 Thopters. Well, well that, that, would, that wouldn't be accurate. It'd be, yeah, yeah, 50 one Thopters. Ooh, that's true. Uh, and then you're yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> right? Like, this could be, it, it could have been cool. It's still, it's still good either way. It's not. We'll take a, <laughs> I, see, I see this as an absolute win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. There we go. Hulk yeah. it, baby. Uh, well, well, Brando, what is your first game winner you want to talk about? Uh, well, if we had 50 Thopters, I think that mine would go very well. And it's uh, Shared Animosity. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love Shared Animosity. It's an enchantment for red 2. Whenever a creature you control attacks, it gets plus 1, plus 0 oh for each other attacking creature that shares a creature type with it. So it yeah. turns all of your dudes into little tiny goblin pile drivers. Mm -hmm. And given that all of your creatures <laughs> in this deck, under most circumstances, are going to be the same creature, yeah. oh, you can do work with this card. 100%. It's basically a powered down version of another card that I won't name in case someone else is talking about it. Um, but it's only your creatures that you control, opposed to everyone's and creatures. I, I think so, that's a for me, that's a critical reason why I like this card so much, is because... There is tons of tribal strategies in EDH, right? So the fact that it's only on your side, especially at a lower curve, I think is is really worth it. The card that cannot be named or the card that may be named at some other point in the next four <laughs> to six minutes uh, is really good and really strong. However, you do it does come with like an inherent risk to it. Um, but a shared Almosti is pretty much just like straight for you. You're going to have a million of something and you're going to swing in for them for the butts. Yeah, the only thing I wish is I wish it did one, plus, plus one, one plus yeah. one until end of turn. Because yeah. uh, it is still until end of turn, unlike the other card that's just a static yeah. buff. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think that's asking too much to give a little bit of uh, Beyonce oh, to my like chesticles. It. Like that. Like I, don't, that I don't know where to go with Like that, I'm locked. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, Tuck. What's your last game winner? All right, so this one was a weird one, but I like it. And I think, again, this is another this is another card that really plays dual parts to it, right? So um, I want to talk about our boy. Some may idolize him. <laughs> I literally won with that card yes. last weekend. So the you weekend cast before. him into Oblivion. We're talking about Idol of Oblivion. So... Card's yeah. great. Two colorless for an artifact. It's about a, it's a, just under two dollars. So first ability, tap, draw a card. Activate this ability only if you created a creature token this turn. You're gonna do that. 
Uh, half, 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 half the deck does that. The commander does that, right? No big deal. So again, we're talking. We we've talked about how in this deck, since you've had the restrictions that you put on yourself, having this sort of thing is like a premium, right? Like effectively mm-hmm. two mana for a card every turn, same value. Sure. Um, but if it gets to the point where you need it, eight tap, sack it, create a ten ten Eldrazi creature token. So. Uh, another card that might be named by somebody in the next four to six minutes without having to cast it and for two mana less. So I like, that's why I like this card so much. Again, it's like the, it's like the modality of it, right? I'm guessing most times this is going to just keep drawing you cards, keep drawing you answers. And then when you're like strike to, when you're ready to win, you have your army set up, right? Even if it's like smaller. So as opposed to winning with like. 40 creatures, you can easily win with 20 on this, right? At whenever you want. So that's that's sure. why I like this a lot. Um, it, it just does exactly, again, like, this is a good card in decks that need card draw and also our tokens. However, in this deck, both abilities are just straight streamlined, straight exactly what we're looking to do. It's, that's literally how I won that game is I played it early and I just kept drawing cards and I kept like counting my mana like okay where am I at S- six okay play it cool play it cool and I just yeah. kept making tokens and making tokens then it was like land drop and I was like kind of looking around everyone's tapped out I'm like okay guys tap eight sack this make a 10 10 token uh, and I think at the time I had 15 18 tokens yeah. something like now that so now i had 19 10 tens and it's like i yeah, swing, swing in and in. kill everyone they're like what the and, F? One thing, and one thing we forgot too that i think is really critical is the fact that your creature tokens have haste right from brutaclad oh so, yeah we yeah, didn't we talk, we, we talk we about that. that but um <laughs> just the fact that you can do this at a moment's notice on your turn and still be able to go in it's just awesome so again a card that's good in the right deck but is really really good in this one I like de- I like cards like this where they people forget mm-hmm. about them. We uh, around my table we call it hiding it behind the chip bowl. <laughs> you just have the card and you just and it's just such a not like drawing a card is innocuous, but at a certain yeah, point sure. it's like ooh I got a token into play I'm gonna draw a card I did some work I'm benefiting right right, right sure right. whatever and people forget about it and all of a sudden like you say it's all my dudes are ten tens now. <laughs> and why did we for so long? You know they could have destroyed it hours ago, but they didn't, and now they're dead. And I love oh, yeah. I love cards like yeah. that. It's the best feeling. Um, well, my last yeast card is a card that as soon as it hits the table, everyone wets themselves. Uh, <laughs> it's one that it, that is literally the spirit of EDH. High Ooh. risk, high Ooh. reward. Ooh. We're talking about Phyrexian Processor. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, Yes, baby. sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, four colorless artifact. As it ETBs pay any amount 20. of life, I'm traditionally paying 35 to 39. Wow, if I can. Why not? There why not? What a maniac! Yeah. <laughs> Uh, four colorless tap, put an XX black minion creature token onto the battlefield where X was the life paid into Phyrexian processor entered when, as it entered the battlefield. So, and the, and the key thing with this is that the minion has the text that connects it to the processor. Unlike some other cards where like, if you try to copy a germ, the germ's just a zero zero and it's just going to die. So this kind of gets around that cool little uh, restriction that other cards have. And yeah, you know what? We just talked about how cool it'd be to have like 10 or 15, 10 tens. Well, how cool it'd be to have 10 or 15, like 35, 35s. Go, go on. (laughs) 
Yeah, I can't see how that would be any good. I feel like that would just be fine. <laughs> what are you guys talking about? It's like it's totally medium. That's the most medium thing. I love this card. Just for the like, I remember playing it back in standard way back in the day because I'm old as shit. This on standard play, dude. It was oh, yeah. a, like it won a world tour, man. Like the the Finkel deck won off of this. It was it's because cr- wow. there's also a gold board version of it. <laughs> <laughs> there is a gold ver- version of it, but it's it's a sweet card. And again, you always put yourself into burn range. Just win the game. Yeah. You play it and you immediately <laughs> win the game. No bullshit. And I love yeah. that. Or you lose the big, game. You big, immediately win, or you immediately yeah. lose. <laughs> Good. I do like I and I do like that this deck has a lot of cards that are like that, where it's like, hey, we're speeding this game up, right? Like we even talked about like Coveted Jewel, um, the card that is yet not named and still might be like shared animosity. <laughs> like a lot of these cards that you put in are like board warping, and a lot of them are like, I'm either gonna win now or you have to stop me. So I like that that this deck, I feel, once it gets to a point, really can go in and close out some games. If the card not 100%. named is not Voldemort, I'm going to be upset. Hey, look, this isn't. I'm not going to go. Like, hey, I'm not going to go through the pile of cards Shit. that I sorted from from friend of the show Tice that are from the Harry Potter collectible card game. All right, I'm not doing it. Drink, thank you. I think those are actually worth some money. What? Well, Brando, why don't you wrap this up? What's your last yeast? Uh, it's not the card that shall not be named, which we will talk about in the show later if I have anything to say about it. Oh, is- no! Yeah. Mine is Helm of the Host. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. And... I super dig Helm of the Host in decks like this, mostly because I play it in my deck, and mine runs a few more legendary creatures in it, so I might get a little sure. bit more mileage than this one, and that's not me bragging, but, like, it's... This is just an... No, it's cool. You can flex. <laughs> it's all right. It's, it's an equipment for four. It equips for, I think, three or five. Five, I, can't read five, I believe. Five. At the beginning of combat on your turn, you create a copy of the equipped creature, and if the equipped creature is legendary, the token is not. So yeah. you can copy Brutaclad and then turn all of your dudes into Brutaclad in preparation for the next turn where you make an army's worth of <laughs> right. Brutaclad tokens, which you then turn into more Brutaclads <laughs> <laughs> or Krankos yeah. or well, whatever gonna, you need to do. And so I, hit, just, I hinted at this up front. I think if you equip this to Krenko, that goes ultimate with him, right? For ETB triggers, because you equip it to Krenko, it makes a copy that's non-legendary. You can tap that non-legendary one, copy himself, make another one, make another one, make another one, make another one right? So that it it wouldn't be infinite, but it might as well be after. Right, and if you if you have wait wait no 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 you mean Kiki Jiki not yes, Krenko? Sorry, I meant Kiki Jiki. That's exactly what I meant. Thank you very much. So yes. and Kiki Jiki would yeah. Be, then yeah. you got your uh, we didn't talk about like impact tremors and Perforos God of the Forge, but honestly, like that's a two card combo that we have <laughs> that you have no way of tutoring for and costs somewhere. I honestly didn't even know that was a two card <laughs> combo. And also like so I, I usually sure. I usually sure. Kiki Jiki a combo right. I know. So I was like as soon as I saw Kiki Jiki, I was like he better not have that other card here. I'm gonna be so upset. Um, but like the fact that Kiki Jiki costs five and to do this costs like what nine. So it's a it's a yeah. fourteen. Man- an investment in a, in a deck that can't ramp so i'm like okay if you can pull if you pull that off like 100 it's like you got me like 100 okay the table deserves yeah it exactly happened, right the table had you saw it come and you had your chance yeah exactly die. now you gotta pay for it <laughs> die <laughs> i like it yeah you know it's interesting home of the host honestly was just in here because i feel like you can't have a home of the host or a brutoclad deck without home mm-hmm. of the host it just seems like they go together like peanut butter and bananas Ooh. Um, 
And I, I also have it in here because hopefully, you know, as you guys have gone through the deck, I try to put a lot of redundancy and yeah. ways of creating token copies of my own creatures, whether it's from the graveyard on the battlefield. And this is just one more of those ways to where uh, if we get to the namesake card, which I did not choose, I left it open if either of you guys wanted to talk about it. Oh, <laughs> it's a, at least a way to kind of do that rigmarole and, and kind of make that happen. But I didn't even honestly think about just making a shit ton of Brutoclads, then having all those effing Brutoclads make more Brutoclads, and oh, God, where does it end? Don't, I probably don't. would never even swing. I would never even swing. I just... Yeah. Oh no, I just keep making them. Just see how many Brutoclads I can make. See how many of Dry Erase tokens I run uh, out of. Uh, but no, I like, it's a great card. The last card. thing I'll say on that, it, I am, Nine I, I regret not buying them when they were five, because I'm guessing this is only gonna go up, which is a shame, but here we are. Yeah. It might see more, this, this is another card I could see getting a reprint mm -hmm. soon-ish in more Commander stuff, because it's, it's not like it's, game-breaking, well, right? Like it's. Uh, yeah. I, got, I got you one better. What if this got reprinted because I think Double Masters is going to be a lot of like tokens and that sort of thing? Might be a juicy reprint at Rare for Double Masters. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Ooh, it'd be even juicier at Uncommon. Ooh, oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> Grab those tinfoil hats, boys. Oy, oy, oy. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's going to wrap up the East Package. Now we're going to head over to the Spicy Meat to Balls. I'll start it off. So you guys know I won't be talking about it, but I'm talking about a card that I kind of have the hots for when it comes to this Ooh. deck, but Ooh. I don't know if it actually okay. works. <laughs> uh, we're talking about Tealana yeah, Summoner. Yeah, this is a good one. Yeah. So like colorless, colorless red, human shaman, and she does have a sin. So if you have 10 or more permanents, you get the city's blessing for the rest of the game, and she's a 1-1. One, one. Here's why I'm not <laughs> sure if it really works that great. So when it attacks, you may pay X in red. If you do, create X 1-1 one, one red elemental creature tokens that are tapped and attacking. At the beginning of your next end step, exile those tokens unless you have the city's blessing. Here's the kind of weird non-bow with it. Yes, I could dump like 12 mana into it and make 11 of these 1-1s, one, but I can't turn them into anything until my next turn. Because Bruticlats at the beginning right. of combat, and this is at when she attacks. So I have to stick around with these 1-1s one for a rotation that don't really do anything, and they are tapped. Like, I run this in my Nehab deck because I basically look at it as I'm only losing one mm -hmm. mana, but I'm gaining all that mana back because I'm lowering everyone's life totals down, and that's more important. This deck, yeah, you want to be living on the roads and lowering life totals, but you really kind of live for the really cool BS. I'm turning all my stuff into these really cool things. But I, I think it's kind of similar to Tamiya's Journal. It's a little mm -hmm. slow. But I think it can work in the deck, and I, I like the idea, like because because the command the CMC on it's so low. I do like the kind of idea where you can play this, and then sit, like people may forget that your that what your commander does because it is a lot of text. So it could be the thing where you you're making you know six tokens off it, and three of them live, and then next turn you can play your commander, and then you're off to the races from there, right? Like that's kind of like worst. That's you know middle case scenario so I, I like it for that reason right like it's kind of an innocuous card it's not making 10 pens right and you have to pay mana for it so that's what i really like about it right like i think this is i think this card like if you can set up to where when you untap and get ready to cast Brutoclad, then and you have like an extra three or four tokens that are nice juicy targets for him then i think it's well sure. worth its weight in gold or treasure i think it's a great I think it's a great army in a can mm -hmm. type card. Again, for after that, the inevitable wrath, the inevitable removal. This is another one where sure. you put it down. Yeah, it's slow, but if you've been wrathed and everything sucks, you can put down a 
summoner and I can't say that damn word. And just <laughs> you just attack for whatever, make a bunch of dudes because you don't have a whole lot going right. on, and you're you're back in business right away. And and I dig that. Also, if you play it early, you can swing in at the guy with no blocks, make like one guy, make two guys, make three guys. You don't have to invest your whole mana pool in chip, it. Chip, chip, chip. Make a few well, and and I get think, those damages in. You know, and the more you kind of talk about it, Brando, it kind of goes back to a point you made earlier in the game to where the way this deck is built is having open mana at the end of my turn does nothing mm-hmm. for me. So, and there have been times, uh, great, it's never happened with her out, but there have been plenty of times where I've played this deck and it's like, cool. I got a full grip. Let me just play what I can. Or I don't even have full grip. I have like two cards. Let me play them. All right. I got no cards in hand. I got like seven mana left. Brutoclad's already out. I guess I'll just uh, swing and pass. (laughs) At least this way I can dump that mana into her and maybe make something worthwhile. So, okay. Not not terrible. Not terrible. I think it's a cool card. I think it would be, it would be a spicy meatball and it could could steal you again. Yeah, possibly. All right, Brando. What card are you going to talk about? My card is Felden of the Third Path. Yeah. Okay. I, I super like this card. Every time he shows up anywhere, he makes me happy. Yeah. He is a 2-3 for red, red, 1, and he has an ability that is red to tap, create a token that is a copy of target creature in your graveyard. It has haste. It's an artifact in addition to all the other stuff. Sack it at the end of turn. Yeah, it, it brings your seven dwarf back if it dies. It brings your, uh, I guess we're already past it, so it brings your desolation yeah. twin back and leaves a token in its wake. It brings back a worm coil engine, which you didn't talk about, but like it leaves the two tokens from that too. It does all sorts of amazing things, and it's from the graveyard. So again, when you're trying to get that rebuild on. This guy's going to yeah. get you. Now, here's a here's another rules lawyer question, right? So let's say you pull back a worm coil engine or a desolation twin or something like that, and then you copy that token. You have to sack all those tokens that are copies of it, right? No, no, no. Just no. that, just that one right there, right? Okay, yeah, just the one. Yeah, well, and so, and here's here's kind of the cool thing about yeah. Felden. Uh, I feel like a lot of times, whenever it's the created token from the graveyard, it's usually you got to exile mm-hmm. it from the graveyard. Hey, exile a creature from the graveyard, you get a token to lend a turn. Like, Black does a lot yeah, of yeah, that yeah. kind of bullshit. Um, and I really like how Felden is just like, no, you just get to keep creating token copies of it. Um, and the interesting thing is that if it's like, man, I just need, say you already got your 10-10 on the board, but you need one more. All you have to do is make a copy of whatever the hell you want to out of the graveyard, and then you can turn that token into whatever else is on your board, and then you don't even have to sacrifice it because now it's a completely different token. And I, um, oh, he, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, he does a lot of work. Uh, I run him in my Gearhead deck, and he kind of does a lot of work in there. Uh, I think any kind of deck that wants to deal with bigger tokens, the more go-tall yeah. strategy, and if you can run red, Felden of the third patch, Santa Claus yes. should be in the yeah. deck. Earl Powell at the North Pole. <laughs> the best thing that has ever happened with me is I do run him into ready, and I pretty much, it got down to like me and one other person, and I had Worm Coil Engine in my graveyard, so I'm like, okay, make a copy of Worm Coil Engine, swing in for six, gain six, I have two I have two creatures out. Next turn, same thing, over and over and over again, so <laughs> if you can get that Worm Coil Engine uh, train rolling, it's really backbreaking. I like to use it to bring a tolly back out of the bin. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. And just that's swing just in for mean. The beats that way, it's, oh, oh, I like that. Good, he's a good man. Yeah, he is a good man. He gives gifts only to you. Yes. Uh, well, Tuck, 
What's your last spice card? Are you doing it? No. Um, so, but but it is <laughs> but it is played into it. So, um, I want to talk about Mirror Matrix. So, uh, we'll get we'll get into this. Um, Matrix uh, is a five drop uh, artifact for two dollars. Shocking. It's indestructible. All mirror get plus one plus one, and then for five colorless, put a one one mirror artifact creature token into play. Um, because I'm an idiot, I was like, oh, this is a really cute something you have with mirrors. Little did I remember that Bruticlad makes mirrors and, it, and is not a mirror itself. So I was like, oh, right. Like the way the deck is supposed to be played uh, as opposed to just the other seven cards and the spice profile. So uh, I realized that literally during this uh, during this very podcast. So um, I do like the I actually do like this a lot, right? Because even though you do want to play the seven dwarves, right? And like, that's like the, that's the fun way to play this deck. You, there, there is a distinct statistical possibility that you will not see a seven dwarf in the entirety of this deck. <laughs> it, it, it may or may not happen. So the fact that you have a card that generates you tokens, again, so like, again, it's like, all mirror get plus one plus one, fine. But the fact that if you have the mana at the end of your turn, right, you at least have something to do with it. Now, granted, it's a one, one mirror artifact creature token for five mana. Right? So it's not a great rate. <laughs> However, the fact that you this will stay on the board, it is highly unlikely anyone's going to like path to exile or cross contraband this, right? Like it'll survive Vandal Blast. And then if you have to do this the old fashioned way where you're just beating in with a gazillion two one mirrors generated by Bruticlad, it makes that it makes that way more efficient. Like a three two is a big statistical difference than a two one, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm, I'm Are you? Okay. It. I'm well. I got, uh, I, yeah. I think. Well, it, I think. There's another card in here that I was like also gonna talk about. I think the other one is the worst one of the two. Yeah, I think I'm cutting oh, both of them okay, to be honest. Easy, be- because uh, yeah. So so the one that Chuck was alluding to was Mirror mm-hmm. Turbine. Um and, and the whole reason I had it been there is because initially when I built the deck, I was like, oh, that's kind of cute with Mirror Battlesphere. I'll do Mirror Battlesphere and I have all these like mirror things, and it's just like, no, yeah. that's You're, that's bad. We'll, we'll, bad, we'll, bad magic. We'll get into building. why that card is not so hot uh, very shortly. Uh <laughs> Yeah, so, but, you know, it, it is it is a juicy mm-hmm. card. I'm, I'm glad I initially had it in. Um, don't know if I'm ever going to have a home well, for it I once think, I cut I it think from if the you deck. Want, if you wanted but... to do a, if you wanted to do also a different Bruticlad style deck, you could make it Mirror Tribal instead of Seven Dwarf Tribal or whatever, right? Because they're, Boo. yeah, I know it's not too exciting, but there is a fair amount of Mirror cards, and they do have some, like, strange, bizarro, sub-optimal interactions together. So if you really wanted to push your luck, you could do that. But again, it's definitely a fringe. Um, I just see this as more of like, this is like the backup to the backup strategy, right? Like it's like, it's like the third sure. level in, in Inception. It's like, well, this is a color. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I'll, I guess I'll, I'll cast this. Table now. Why not? <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up the spice package, guys. Then we're going to head over to the bottle capping. These are going to be Big Tucks, Brandos, and Eyes cuts from the deck and recommendations that are under five bucks, under $50, and a personal recommendation. The only restriction is we can't talk about mana only lands. So I'm going to start this off with a big splashy card that I'm going to yep. cut. Um, it, it just, there's only one other card in the deck that it really fits with. And by itself is a little slow for the mana. So I'm going to cut Udvara Hellkite. I'm, I'm, I'm also, I'm so also going to be cutting this one too. So <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so he's a six colorless red red creature dragon 6-6. Six, six. He's a Merthurk. Uh, and he has flying. Whenever a dragon you control attacks, put a 6-6 six, six red dragon creature token with flying onto the battlefield. It's cute. 
And sure, I have the uh, Dragon Master Outcast that can maybe make me some more dragons that can swing and trigger more, but that is such a niche case that I just don't think it's going to happen. I, I agree with so, you on the fact that you have, like, if you didn't have Dragon Master Outcast in this deck, this would make more sense, but I think Dragon Master Outcast is going to do what you want more efficiently. Right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I think to do a So you could. It's cute with the Felden. We were talking about Felden oh, down yeah. in the graveyard. He'd be good there, but again, yeah. like, is it that good? And how often are you going to play this, kill it? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, yeah. 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 Here's the thing, though. I think I found a card. It's one CMC nice. less. It's still expensive. So it's big and splashy. And I think you both are going to be real hot Ooh. for it. We're talking about Kiora, Bess the Sea God. It's a saga from uh, Theros Beyond Death. So when it comes in, it creates an 8-8 blue Kraken creature oh, token with Hexproof. Dope. Oh, yeah. Right. Yes, I remember oh, that. Yeah. So uh, and then it's not <laughs> done. Second saga, tap all non-land permanents, target opponent controls. They don't untap oh, during their controller's next untap step. <laughs> Uh, and then third, gain control of target permanent and opponent controls, untap it. So A, off the bat, it could be a right. game winner. Pay seven, now I got a bunch of eight, eight tokens with hexproof. That's that's great. Not evasion per se, but it's still really, really good. Okay, if I, if, I could, if I couldn't kill you that turn, next turn, I'm gonna tap you down and your stuff's not gonna untap, so I'll just swing in and kill you with all my eight, eights. And then if there's still another person alive, I'm going to take your best thing. We've talked about multiple ways in this deck that I can make copies of the existing creatures right. I have on my battlefield. So how about I take your Blightsteel Colossus <laughs> that you've been threatening me with, and now I'll just make all of my stuff into Blightsteel Colossuses and kill you with a billion infect right. damage. Uh, and it's sitting at $1.50 right mythic. now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it is I am... Um, this, this is not only a slam dunk, I am white hot for this idea. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> might be worth a, uh, a boy -yo -yo -yo. yes absolutely uh i mean i think you hit the nail on the head like big splashy spell it does something the second it enters the battlefield and if someone keeps it around it's just going to keep churning out value so what a, what a pick what a great pick oh thank you i'm just all warm and fuzzy inside well, well, Brando, what's the first card you're going to cut? Well, I, and what's the card you're going to add? I already uh, talked about how I don't like them. So I'm going to give Sky Diamond the absolute axe. Oof. Get it the, <laughs> get it the <laughs> fuck out of here. And I'm just going to I'm going to go in on 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 bringing the pain and I'm going to replace it with a Blade of Selves. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Nice. I, I like Blade of Selves. It's a it's a equipment and it gives the equipped creature Myriad. It costs two to play, four to equip. And it just and if you don't know what Myriad is, it's when the creature attacks. You get a copy token of it for each creature that it's attacking. So it turns your two, mm -hmm. two, seven dwarf into four or five or three, five, five, seven, <laughs> which is way better right than just having yeah. one right like it's awesome it works good with your clones mm -hmm. it works good if you have a non legendary thing stolen from an opponent it works good with everything right and it's and again it's on brand for the deck yeah you don't get to keep the tokens yeah. for very long but i mean 
it's still going to do work. And if you're going all in on the seven dwarves strategy, it can put you over the top. Well, and, and the kind of cool thing is I've actually used Blade of Selves in my Gearid deck on Gearid to make copies of Gearid because there are a lot of legends that have ETB effects and right. you still get the ETB even if you have to sacrifice them for the legend rule. And like, you know what? Yeah, they're, you know, okay, so say I'm in this niche situation, um, you know, trying to, I don't know if I actually have any like legit ETB legends in the deck. You know, uh, sure, I mean, I guess this would be a terrible one, but we'll just use it for an example. I mean, it could be like a Perforos. Okay, I got Perforos. I create three more copies of Perforos. I get all these, like, yeah. ETB triggers. Like, yeah, I got to sacrifice them, but that's a shit ton right. of damage that I'm going to be dealing to people. Um, so, yeah, that's actually a pretty interesting yeah, I like thing. It. I like it a lot. And it's that's also... Like 24 damage, isn't it? Copy and perf, wouldn't that be like twenty? Yeah, it, it's, it's like the weird, yeah. it's like the weird Reaper King thing where they all see each other come in, and so then they all individually trigger. So I think, I think the original one triggers for six, and then each other triggers for four. So six, ten, eighteen. 18 yeah. I think it's 18. It's an effing lot. Yeah, it's a bunch. May, yeah, may not exactly. be such a bad example <laughs> at this point. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Tuck, what's your okay. uh, under five dollar so cut? And well, I know you're cutting Advar and so Hellkite. I have to switch it around a little bit. Okay, so this is my this is my most uh, meat and potatoes cut, if you will. Um, so the other ones the other ones get pretty out there. So I'm very excited for those. So um, Uvar Hellkite, I agree. It's big. It's splashy, but. It's eight mana, doesn't win you the game, doesn't produce you a token. Um, so we're gonna cut that in like a third. I think a card in here that's awesome is Psy Master, Master Thopterist. So two colorless, two oh, colorless okay. in the blue for one four legendary creature, art, human artificer, it's rare. Um, you can get it for like three bucks, just under that. So whenever you cast an artifact spell, create a, a one one colorless Thopter artifact creature token with flying, right? So you have 30 artifacts in here. You're gonna, this gives you all the tokens, but more importantly, we talked about how like sometimes you kind of get stymied with the card draw. Here is colorless and a blue sack two artifacts draw a card. So if you have like an army of mirrors or an army of whatever, and you're like, oh, so I'm out of combat tricks, I'm out of things to do, I have mana left up at the end of my turn, now I can start sacking them, drawing the cards, drawing to my big boys to plop down and then potentially win the next turn. So um, it's not like, this is something that arguably could be put into like most blue artifact decks as well so it's not very sure. exciting but again like i feel like it fits the deck very well creating tokens and being able to draw cards you're gonna have plenty of targets for this in the, in the game and it cuts the converted man cost down even further yeah i mean it's i guess you know it's like forest gum but say there's not a lot <laughs> yeah, to say right. about that um it, it, it is very meat and potatoes trust me they get better um, i mean i guess you know worse uh and i guess you know worst case scenario you, you cast brutaclad you, you make a thopter and then at the beginning of combat you make your mirror and so right there you can pay two mana and sack both the things that yep. just got created to draw a card um eh, it's all right i'm, I'm okay. not excited well, I, got, I got some I, i'm not I got excited. some juicer ones coming up here so just wait yeah. drawing cards is important but it's not necessarily the most exciting thing you yeah. can do like I said, you, you know what I yeah, mean? Like, that's fair. This is the, you, hence why we didn't talk about Ristic study. <laughs> yeah, come on, uh, exactly. Uh, like I said, this is this is like the bar down the street that you go to to get you know, um, if I may, poutine. Uh, whereas some of the ones down the way might be something that you have to go out of town for. So we'll we'll get to those when we can. Ooh. 
All right, let, let's uh, let's go into that for the under fifty stuff. So I talked about it earlier. I'm gonna cut Mirror okay. Matrix. Just uh, yeah, just just not not okay. there for me. But I'm gonna talk about a card that I believe is banned and modern, mm. but everyone wants to come back. <laughs> so we're gonna cut that card for Splinter Twin. Oh. <laughs> okay, yeah. all right. So, uh, coming in right right around 10 bucks, uh, it's two colorless red-red enchantment aura, enchant creature. Enchanted creature has tap, put a token that's a copy of this creature onto the battlefield. The token has haste, exile at the beginning of the next end step. Once again, this could be a way to where if I have a bunch of BS 1-1s, but I got this 10-10 Eldrazi, but someone, you know, perhaps exiled the token. Boom, throw it on him, make a copy, now I got all my 10-10s. Or, even more flavor win, a seven dwarf <laughs> that I couldn't make into a token. Make everything into okay. that. So I thought it would be great to be able to have a way to throw an enchantment. Because once again, we always talk about how hard enchantments are to remove, at least in our meta, uh, outside of just massive board wipes. Throw it on a creature and be able to at willy-nilly tap it and create more mm -hmm. tokens that are copies of it. I like it. Yeah, I think... I, I know this card is banned for a reason. It's also $9 for a reason. Um, but I don't think there's any sort of... Because, like, it doesn't go infinite with Kiki G. This, like... I like this idea because it does exactly what the deck wants, but doesn't break it, right? Yeah, so yeah. I, I like it. I like it a bunch. Um, I The fact that it's an aura where you have to enchant a creature is a little squishy. But, again, being able to churn out a token, even if it is, even if it is a big creature, just getting the token on the battlefield for four... And immediately yeah. is well worth it, right? Yeah, and you know, there's lots of stuff in here that it'd mm -hmm. be kind of cool to just make a copy of. You know, maybe I make a copy of Warm yes. Oil Engine or make a copy of Mere Battlesphere. So, and you know what? This is, I guess, my more sure. meat and potatoes pick. So, <laughs> all right, Brando, what do you got for us? What are you going to cut and what are you going to add for under 50 bucks? Under it actually, it occurs to me, I have to go back on you guys. I screwed up your whole formula. I'm very sorry. What? The Blade of Selv. It's The Blade of Selv is $11, and that was my high-end. Blasphemy. <laughs> it was the one that was up on my screen. I got excited, so I'm sorry about that. Oh, I so, so it's okay. So I, I, I noticed that, but I was like, maybe he's thinking Canadian oh, dollars. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, like right. what, 75 cents? Give him a break. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those things. So <laughs> I guess my jank one is going back on. It's good. I'm going to raise the the CMC. Oh. I'm going to play an enchantment, and I'm going to cut an enchantment that always feels bad when I play it because I've never seen it do anything, and I have played it so many times, begging the magic gods to let it be good, and it never is. So I'm going to cut followed footsteps. That's my next one. Because <gasps> it, ne wow. it never it never works. It never I works ever. completely agree. <laughs> there we go. And I'm going to put in something that could work, but may or may not work in Mirror March. But you're saying oh. there's a chance. There's a, there is a 50-50 You want to You want to do some flippy coiny, sure don't you? Do. Mirror March <laughs> is an enchantment. It costs uh, 46 American cents. That's about 18 Canadian dollars, so I'm still on the budget. <laughs> <laughs> it, it costs red five, and whenever a non-token creature comes into play under your control, you flip a coin, and if you win the flip, you get a token copy of that creature, and then you do it again. Do and it then again. at the end of turn, you exile yep. all the creatures. 
But you could hypothetically just army in a can your seven dwarves, get seven seven dwarves, and just bash somebody's hold, <laughs> just speed bag their ball sack right off their body, right? <laughs> like Mirror March can be, it can be just nothing. Like you basically paid seven and then discarded a card, or it can just straight up win you the game, and you can brag about it forever. Ever. If you win a game with a mirror march, you can never play the deck again. I, mean, I, don't need to, I proved what I need it's to. Been re- it's, been re- it's been retired. It's the exactly. and one. You make the the big ass dunk, and then everybody leaves the stadium, yeah. and just like the game's over. Yeah, we're good. Doesn't exactly. matter what time it was. <laughs> I've had enough. It's time to go. And that that's what mirror march gives you. It gives that psychological edge. Love it. It's it's a risk one. So it's interesting that. So it's interesting that you guys say following footsteps never works. I've actually had it work every time you I play it. You are the luckiest person on the planet because I've had this in so many decks and it has never done jack mm-hmm. squat. There's never, yeah, I've never is. had something to target. <laughs> it gets blown up because it goes the next turn cycle over. I, this deck has just done nothing for me. Or that, that card has done nothing for me. And you could target the most no. innocuous piece yeah. of crap creature ever, right? You target anything, <laughs> and it just they just kill yeah, it. Like, it's no. like, you. You you want more of those? No, no. They sack it, no, whatever. Yeah, it's, it's it's. Hey, now, now you guys do realize you can do this on your opponent's yes, creatures and make yeah. copies of your right, opponent's I'm saying, stuff. Like, the, the thing I don't like about it is that you have to wait for it, right? So, in my opinion, I think Splinter Twin is a better option, right? Because you can do that immediately. Right, assuming your assuming yours isn't tapped, sure. like, that's what's always killed me with it. You're paying five mana for you're paying five mana for something that even if it's on your creature or another thing, you have to wait an entire turn cycle to pay off once. And it probably won't. Yeah, but I, like, like, I don't know. I mean, I, f- I feel like by that logic, we should be like cutting teal on a summoner. I mean, there's a lot of cards in here that you kind of have to wait the rotation. Uh, the Fopter assembly, you have to I wait will, a rotation. So that's a fair point. I will agree that this is all... I, I made a note of this because I'm completely biased because this has never worked for me. So <laughs> Right? So I like I made, I literally, I literally oh, made man. a note of that and said that this is a biased cut. Fine, fine. So uh, we know you're cutting follow yes, footsteps. Okay. What are you adding for under 50 bucks? And apparently you're going to get so this me a rock This is a crazy board. one, okay? I'm going. I'm going way off the reservation for this. All right. Oh baby. It's All a right. New, it's a new card. Yeah, break, yeah, we're breaking the color by. Yeah. We're putting in uh, t- uh, time. Alter of the brood, I believe. <laughs> All right. That's the worst timeline. Okay. Here we go. I think that Shark Typhoon would be a very interesting card. This. Oh day. my god. Here's why. Shark Typhoon is a five colorless and a blue enchantment. It is a rare for my Korea. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, create an XX blue shark creature token with flying, where X is that spell's converted mana cost. We already talked that you have 30 artifacts in the deck, right? So even if it is a 2-2 or 3-3 flyer, you now have turned all your things into something that has evasion, right? So that, I think, is... That's like, okay. and it's expensive, so whatever, right? So that's something. However, where I really think, where I I really think this gets interesting is it's, it's, it's second ability. Cycling, X, a colorless and a blue. X colorless blue, discard this card, draw a card. When you cycle Shark Typhoon, create an XX blue shark creature token with flying. You've always talked about how at the end of your turn, you might have piles of mana, right? So since you can wait on the cycling ability, you have Brutoclad out, right? You have other things going on. Wait till the end of the person's next turn, cycle it for six, whatever, right? Draw your card and also get your giant evasion evading beater on the battlefield ready for the next turn when you do your splinter twin or whatever to fill out the rest of the things. So 
No, no, you don't. You don't say giant evasion beater. You call I'm sorry, it's a shark. That is a sharknado. Sharknado. So again, is it a crazy pick? Yes. Is it a good pick? Maybe. Yes. But is it, but is it a big duck pick? Absolutely. So. <laughs> Again, like I think it's really overcosted, and most of the artifacts you're playing for the, or mostly non-creature artifacts you're playing are like, you know, two to five ish. But if you can get the value off of that, you're creating tokens, and you have the ability to do this thing before your next turn, and really just dump out something huge. So it's a crazy one. And it doesn't make you. It doesn't make you a liar. Yeah. I'm playing all permanents in my deck. I have nothing to do on your turn. People will take that to heart and ignore you. And they will say, oh, we've got a bunch of mana open. What's he going to do with it? Make a mere token one loser. <laughs> and then instead, right, you get the Sharknado token. And who's laughing there? Yeah, who's laughing now? So, again, it's a nuts one, but I think it, I think it actually has a home in this deck. And I may, just, I may have just Agreed. been studying too and- much. No, you have And it's crazy. I can't believe it's like almost five bucks. I think it's doing I think it's doing stuff. So it's a cycle card and the cycle decks right now are white hot, right? With the new commander that got printed. Uh, Um, And those same cycle decks come some of them like I've seen uh, in my cycling deck. I think I have five non-creature cards, right? So the fact that you can cycle and you're going to be I'm sorry, I have five creature cards or whatever, right? So it's giving you those blockers. It's kind of like there's that other one that creates like the XX artifact creatures. But anyway, so it's a good. Unless we forget the cult classic Sharknado is clearly driving up the price. Indeed. Indeed. So, anyways, that's. Jesus. It is really bad. bad. It is like unwatchable. (laughs) Hey, they cut a shark in half. Okay. I think there's three. I think there's two sequels, too, which is nuts. So, anyways, moving along. So, A, I like it. B, there's extended artwork for it. You know, I love some alternate (laughs) art. Uh, So, I might have to do it. All right. Well, now we're to the no budget piece. So you know how I like Let's to break a budget. So I'm actually going to cut Mere yeah. Turbine. I alluded to it earlier, but I didn't actually read it off. It's a five colorless artifact, and it says tap, add a 1-1 one, one Mere Artifact Creature Token onto the battlefield, or tap uh, tap itself and tap five untapped Mere you control. Search your library for a Mere Creature card, put it onto the battlefield, and shelf your library. Literally, this was in here to tutor up yeah, Mere Battlesphere. <laughs> There's no other Mere to get. Uh, it's very, very janky, but... What we're gonna do is put in a card. I, I want to make, oh, sure sure make sure you have the right. Sure you have the right. Oh my gosh! Right now. <laughs> it should be. Trust me. Some of the, so some of the things he pulls in is, is awesome. We're breaking the bank at a solid twenty-five cents. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're we're talking about back from the brink. Four colorless blue-blue enchantment. Exile a creature card from your graveyard and pay its mana cost. Put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of that card. Activate this ability only when you can do a sorcery. That's really good. That's pretty good. That's really good. (laughs) You're going to have... It's it's one more it's one more CMC. I'm gonna have piles of stuff in there because people are gonna be right. board wiping and me. And then left also, and right. there's a good chance there's a better chance that you're gonna have two dwarves in your graveyard than on the battlefield. So <laughs> here you go. Um, this is genius, and I think some, the thing I like the most about it is a you can do it multiple times because there's other cards um, like there's other yep. cards that you get one a turn and it exiles. Um, but sure. the fact that this card leaves that a lot, a lot of those other cards like exile the card and you don't get it back right 
Or like the token will leave battlefield yeah. at the end of turn or whatever, right? Like Seance, I think, is one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Whereas this one, you can do it multiple times a turn if you have the money, if you have the mana for it, right? Which is a great sync. And that token stays no matter what. So I yep. think that's awesome. I think it's a great pick. That is very cool. Is that the one with the people on it and they're screaming and they're like, oh my god, is that back from the brink? Is it like I mean, th th this almost kind of looks more like the end of Die Hard when he's falling right. off the building, and, except this time he's like falling into like a pit. There's of like it's like something. Um, oh god, the flavor text on Innistrad: Death is just a career change. Nice. <laughs> well, if, that, if, that, if that's if that's the case, I have died about six times. So, <laughs> oh, I, I got you a couple better. Makes there. makes a lot of sense. <sighs> Oh man! All right. Well, Brando, knowing that you could break the bank if you wanted to, what are you going to cut? What are you going to add to this deck? I'm my meat and potatoes deck to this one, and I'm cutting a card that I love cutting from decks. I love cutting this card from every deck I ever see it in. I can see it because I hate. It's quite risk study. And hate coat of arms. The card that should not be named. It, and I told you we're gonna get to it. I don't like yeah. it because it, it again. I play in a meta where there's lots of tribal synergies, and you can drop this and just eat shit immediately. Yeah, like <laughs> the rest of the are slightly bigger, and the rest of the table's like, yeah, bro, cool story. I'm playing a bigger tribe than you, so I guess you're just gonna die now. Like I have more snakes than you have goblins, Brando. Whoops. Yeah, and you just end up eating a whole big plate of shit. And so I'm replacing it with the $8, that's American, so I don't even want to think about how much that would cost us up here in Canada, for a spark double. And it's meat Ooh, potatoes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It copies everything in the deck, plus your planeswalkers. And we talked mm -hmm. earlier in the show about that Tezzeret being like just a great card draw engine and token maker. And if yeah. you have two of them, mm -hmm. that makes them 100% better. And it's just it's just a cool card, and I I don't know it sees the play that it it kind of deserves because it only copies your stuff, but you right. only really want to copy your stuff in this particular case because it's there to make your value stuff better. And similar to Helm of the Host, it also takes away the legendary ability, right? So if you want to make tokens of this yeah. thing now, then you're also off to the races there. Yeah. It's well, and you know, the interesting thing is it's only been out for a little over a year and it's already in 6% of wow. all EDH decks per EDH rack. So, I mean, I would actually say it's probably seeing a fair amount of play. Um, the interesting thing, though, with this deck, I'm trying to, like, think about it. It's kind of making me want to put that in and also put in a pet card of mine, uh, Agent oh, of Treachery. <laughs> Uh, there was a tear where I was putting that in that every deck card I could. To beat. Uh, but that's <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that that seems really interesting, and I think I can see how that'd be your pet card because, like you said, you have a lot of legends yeah. in your deck, so it's like you know I need ways to copy them and have them not immediately eat shit and die. Um, you know, I mean, I guess having an additional Padim is always not like the end of the world. Um, like you said, the Brutoclad yeah. train yeah. just start effing making Brutoclads on Brutoclads. Um, that's kind of cool. I mean, heck, even having an additional Perforos wouldn't be the right. end of the world. Um, hmm. Yeah, that's one I'm actually going to have to consider. Like it. I don't know if I'm going to catch yeah. Coat of Arms for <laughs> it, but, Because I have that, that card. Well, so, so in our meta, we only have three tribal players, I... like deck-wise. Yeah, I mean, think about it, Tuck. We, we, got, we got Reese the Redeemed. We got two Goblin decks from Duffman. Yeah, and then I mean, are you really gonna count my sliver deck? <laughs> Probably not. Well, not your advisor deck. 
You have an elf yeah, deck, no but you also don't that. play that. So well, like, and, yeah. I have, and I, I have a yeah. gazillion. Well, I mean, I it's, like it's hard to have thirty decks, something but, decks. I mean, that doesn't mean anything. So, like, but dedicate, like, to yeah. your point of like dedicated decks that people are playing consistently. There's only a handful. Yeah, there's three. Yeah, so I think that's where we're a little lucky. I'm like, it sounds like you guys up in Canada just sounds like you're just played by these tribes, tribes. everywhere, man. But I, now that I know that, if I'm ever in KC, I'll come down there and we'll uh, I'll make you pay for the coat of arms. I like it. Do please do. <laughs> All right. Well, Tuck, you're gonna right. wrap up this episode. I'm going. What, what I'm, going off the, I'm going off the rails here. Okay, oh. we're getting we're getting nuts. I, I just couldn't help myself. Okay, so I also am going to count Mirror Turbine. Um, I like the fact that you can tap it for... What, what, what did you just, what did you just turbine? call it? For Turbine, I guess. Turbine? Is that turbine? Yeah, <laughs> I, guess I guess it's an This e is Kansas, sir. This is Kansas. Whatever. <laughs> Mirror Turbine. Mirror Turbine. Mirror hey. Turbine. Mean Turbine hey, with my poutine. I heard you and your cousin went down to the Mirror Turbine last weekend. <laughs> you know what down there? <laughs> so, uh, anyways, I'm cutting Mirror Turbine. Uh, mostly, we, mostly we talked about it. There's like one, there's one tuner option for it, and granted, it's a good one. All right, so we are gonna get a followed footsteps that if it resolves will win you the game so we are talking our pal mechanized production for five dollars you get this mythic rare for two that costs two colors and two blue it's enchantment aura a chant artifact creature you control at the beginning of your upkeep create a token that's a copy of enchanted artifact if you control eight or more artifacts of the same name as one another you win the game give give me eight walkers i'll give you the city the risk reward on this is off the charts, right? And there is a very slim chance that then it was going to let this come to fruition. However, if it's late enough in the game, we've already talked about how enchantment removal is at a premium. And we've talked about like the dark side extortionists of the worlds, creating a bunch of mirrors of the worlds, um, creating a bunch of thopters of the worlds, right? There's a very good chance that you're going to have many a juicy target for this, right? And short of like a board wipe or removal, this has a chance to win outright win you the game, right? And we also talked about how this could, worst case scenario, this is just another juicy target for one of those precious few enchantment removals or artifact if it's on the artifact it's on, right? But that frees you up yep. to have your shared animosities running rampant and so on and so forth. So again, it's a it's a huge risk card. I love cards that say you win the you win the game on them, and I, I just cannot yeah. help myself. You already have one in here with uh, Marodin Besiege, which is a classic. So why not double down on it? No, that's fair. I think the only reason I didn't put it in is because it is at beginning yes. of upkeep, and you have to enchant yeah. an artifact, and artifact removal it is, is it, pretty much in almost all yes. of the colors. Uh, it's in some way, shape, or form. Um, so that's probably the only reason I didn't have it in there. Um, but you know, if it was something like I'm gonna swap mirrored into siege sure. for that, you know, just try it out, see see which one. I think I'd be fine with that. Um, just because honestly, we've had so many recommendations that I want to try. <laughs> I'm gonna run out of cards to cut uh, without without dipping into my precious oh, seven, no. seven dwarves. Um, so yeah, I mean, so Brando, have you ever seen mechanized production win games up in where you guys yeah, are at? One guy that tried it once, but as you said, it was stopped. Yeah. It was quashed immediately. Yeah. Like, but 
I've seen it do some work. Like I've seen some people get a couple of tokens. I think it, it was something ridiculous too. I think they got a couple extra Sol rings or something out of it. Yeah. Like they got something unreal out of yeah. it before we could kill it. I I've have never seen, seen it actually win a game. A uh, friend of the show, Mikhail, I think he has this in two decks. I think he has this in his Brutaclad and in his Brea deck. And I think I've seen it one off one of them. And it was very upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is one of those, you had it coming. Like, you, oh, you yeah, yeah, you exactly. It, right? Yeah. So you, can't be, you can't even be mad. You can't even be mad. Um, and so I did want to do a special shout out mm. for a card. Get your guys' quick thoughts on it. And it was only because the cuts and or the ads that I had were just so, so mm -hmm. good. I couldn't substitute this over there. But what do you guys think of Dance of Many oh, for this boy. deck? Blue Blue Enchantment. When it ETBs, create a token that's a copy of target non-token creature. When Dance of Many leaves the battlefield, exile the token. When t the token leaves the battlefield, sacrifice Dance of Many. Beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice Dance of Many unless you play Blue Blue. I really read this card as pay Blue Blue, enter the battlefield, make a copy of the scariest thing, and I immediately go to combat. I think that so game. this deck is bounced, and this card, I this is a card I really like, and it's kind of bounced around decks. But again, I think that I think you've really hit the nail on the head. Where like the fact that it's two blue, and you get and it targets anything that's not a token, right? Like and creates a token of it, so. I like it a lot, honestly. I would because one I was on the thing was um, Cryptoplasm. Since Cryptoplasm itself doesn't yeah. become a token, this does, right? So I think that could be that could be something mm -hmm. juicy if you want. So I like dancing the many. I like it a lot. I just I and I think it's really really good in this deck. Um, yeah, I would try it out, man. For sixty-one cents, you can find a home for it. Let me hit you guys with some truth. I legit have one of these in the mail. Just went out today. I just bought one <laughs> nice. for my Rudiclad deck. So, hey! yeah. so oh wow, nailed it. Compare notes and see how good it is because I'm obviously a fan yeah. of this. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be excited to hear about it because uh, you know I was doing the research on it and it's just like you know back from the brink and Splinter Twin and Cure of SSC, I was just like these are too good right. not to talk about. But I was just like I, I I've been struggling with this card all day like. I really want to get their thoughts on this because this seems yeah. really good yeah. in Brutaclad. Like it's kind of like how so Brando. A lot of times for me, I look at Coat of Arms as pay five mana, win the game. A lot like you know your Crater Hook. Sure. I'm going to pay eight mana, win the game. I almost feel like Dance of Many in this deck is pay yeah. two mana, win the, fact, the game. Absolutely. The fact, the fact that very the, well the, again, like the fact that it's any non-token creature that you control or don't, and Brutaclad can give it haste. That is critical. So yeah, I'm I'm on board with this full yeah, stop. There's there's no reason to not play this card cool. in this deck. Like you could th you could think <laughs> of one in other decks like ooh I could play it I could play it like there's no reason to not have this in here. There's no yeah. reason. You know what else there's no reason for? for oh. The fact that it's the end of the episode, and as promised, guys, here's some details about our giveaway from our sponsor, Level 1 Game Shop. We're beginning to give away a Chandra spellbook, and to enter, it's super simple. Just send Brando a vial of your blood. <laughs> I haven't done one of these bits in, like, it nine feel, months, it feel but we're good? doing it, has it to today. Feel good, right? Oh, huh, it feels all right. Did your yes. room get real dark? It sure did. Or what are uh, you, the dark no, knight? Change the setting. What's odd is your window is lit up. I need to. I need to go and turn like, on my. I, I need to go turn on my light, and I adjusted the screen so because <laughs> it was hurting my eyes. So. Oh. I thought you had a clap on, clap oh, on, wish. clap I'll on. See, I'll need to go and turn all on the right. air conditioning because I am sweating. Oh God! Well, uh, guys, if you want to keep 
helping promote content and maybe help pay Tuck's uh, AC bill, uh, you know, just uh, help help enter and help promote the content. Uh, you're going to get an entry for every interaction you do with us on social media, and we will announce the winner on MTG Action 4 News July 7th and social media soon after. Uh, and yes, we're doing giveaways every single month like this. It could be a sweet little spell book. It could be a sweet little pre-con. Heck, it could even be a custom deck that the CMD Tower crew puts together. It really just depends on what Level 1 Game Shop can do. But you know what? We'd also love positive feedback on whatever platform you're listening to us or watching us on. If you enjoyed it, leave that five-star review uh, to make others in the algorithm find us. If you hate it, I know two weeks ago it was you had to hit up Dana Roach and tell him how much he <laughs> sucked. Today you have to hit up CCO Nation and tell him how much Brando sucked. It's never our fault. It's always the Clearly. guess. Hey, man, I'll, I'll um, take it. You can blame me. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, can, I can take it. Um, yeah. If you guys want to find out more ways you can enter into the contest and get a hold of us, here's how you can do that. You can reach me at Mr. Combo Number Five on Twitter. I'll spell that except for the five. Uh, Big Tuck, where can they begrudgingly I'm find you? I'm still there on the uh, Tweeterverse uh, at Big Tuck Tweeting on Twitter. You can also email me at BigTuck at CMDTower.com. Uh, no one does that because I guess email is the way of the past. So here we are. <laughs> Uh, Brando, where can people reach you? Uh, they can get a hold of me on Twitter at CCO Brando. Uh, you can send me an email at commandercookout at gmail.com. We actually do check it. We also don't get a hold of <laughs> It's shocking, <laughs> isn't it? Ever, but by all means, I love hearing from people. If I do suck, let me know if you think I can do better. If you think I can't do any better, we'll you too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. You can go to our website, cmdtower.com. Basically, you can find us anywhere if you just type in Curse of Opulence, Mimic Vat, Desolation oh. Twin, Tower. It's on fire today. It's on fire Man. today. No, yeah, no thought process. Just nailing it. Uh, if you want to engage your awesome production team for your own future projects, how would they do that? Squeeze. Oh, you can uh, find me on Facebook or Instagram at Rich Chaos Records. And uh, I'm done with this bit. You can all f*** off. Don't email me. All right, I'm easy out. enough. <laughs> Man, he just well, told us. What the hell? I mean, he does music and podcasts. It does have a full studio if you want to get yelled at in <laughs> the KC Metro area. <laughs> Uh, if you want to support the show as well as hook of our sponsor with your orders you're already doing, just head over to level1gameshop.com. When you place an order in the order notes, just type in CMD Tower so they know that you came from the collective. The collective. Outside of their own storefront, they also have a TCG store with over 99% accuracy rating and very competitive prices. And they also do have the sweet CMD Tower playmat and sleeves as well as everything else you need from a board game and magic perspective. Another way you can support us is head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. We have several different reward tiers from, as we talked about, that Discord access to getting us to our stretch goal to get guest spots on the Bruise and Builds, um, as well as every tier is going to give you additional entries into the monthly giveaways. And of course, thank you to Peak Royal for the music that you guys provide in the episodes. So, Big Tuck, Brando, here we are, the end of the episode, Brutoclad's Army of Dwarves. Brando, what did you think? How does this compare to yours? Uh, where, you know, did, did we really hit the nail on the head with it? Or does this thing a hot steaming pile of trash? <laughs> I think it's a hot steaming pile of trash that yeah, I would love yeah. to play. And Woo! I would love to be in a game with. It's just like, it, it's just like yeah, mine. The best mine way. Plays a bunch of tokens. Yeah, right? It, this is obviously a deck that would lead to incredibly fun games and interactions that would be like mind bending or just, it leads to those crazy yeah. bad states that you you love to see that you only get in yeah. Commander. And that's yeah. quintessentially Commander is what we say in Commander Cookout. And I think this 
is right in there and this one gets full marks for me i love it awesome uh yeah like i said up front this is probably this is right up there with my favorite decks of yours um this and advisors are probably pretty close to be honest um because they both kind of do crazy things wow. but yeah like i really like the i i really like the fact that a there's no real infinite combos in it so that's a treat um i also like the i also like the fact that if you really stick to your guns with the um you know keeping the only permanence keeping the seven dwarves in right like a lot of people who play this would probably be like well those are the first things to be cut but you're like no i'm staying it in and i'm doing it um i think it's also i think this is also is a fun deck for people to pilot right like i haven't been able to yet but i certainly sure. would like to at some point um just like does a lot of fun things, breaking the color pie. I, I'm on board. This is this has been one of the favorite decks of, of yours to talk about. Yeah, you know, I'll say for me, um, it's a fun deck to think about and play. I do get a little bit of frustrated because I am a little bit of a spike myself. I do like to have yeah. very tuned decks, and this is obviously mm -hmm. not a optimized tuned deck by any means. And so, you know, it puts me out of my comfort zone, but, you know, Brando, you kind of hit, hit the nail on the head with it to where you only can get this in Commander. You know, you play modern or any 60 card format you basically have like 10 deck lists that you get to build and if you don't build those 10 you're just going to get butt humped <laughs> every time you go to a table and it's never going to be fun <laughs> at least with commander there's like a billion different ways that you could build stuff and possibly you know change it a little bit put yourself out of your comfort zone and you know i mean heck who would run a is it deck and not yeah. have cyclonic rift or a brainstorm or even a counter spell in it really for the most part probably no one unless you just can't afford the cyclonic rift so it's been fun um you know i do get a little bored sometimes go ahead i just thought of something and this is topical the the band companion lutri the one that was banned because it would go in every single it wouldn't go in this one not only does it not go in here it can't be the companion of this deck and if you did put it in here it wouldn't do anything that is incredible oh god we got there oh my god that's genius brando funny side note about that marketing ross part of our collective uh when lutri got previewed literally was so excited because he was like dude otter tribal i'm all for it <laughs> within five minutes his dreams yes, were yeah. crushed <laughs> and he was so sad <laughs> Alright, well, Brando, appreciate you coming out, helping out the collective with this. It's been great fun. Uh, hopefully we'll have you on again in the future where we'll just hear about another one of your weird janky yeah. dot decks. Um, yeah. So... Hey, thanks for having me, guys. It was, a great, it was a great time, and I will totally come back if you ever Sweet. need me again. Awesome. Well, alright, everyone. Have a good night. Peace out. Peace out.